BattleBots, Robot Wars, and BuggleBots fans, Otakunade here with a special bonus episode. For you see, in addition to anime, one of my interests outside of the world of Japanese cartoons and comics is robot combat. I started getting into robot combat, i.e. BattleBots and Robot Wars, when I first discovered the UK version of Robot Wars on Tech TV. I remember my first ever episode was the Extreme 2 Annihilator. I got hooked from there and, well, the rest is history. And so, because I want to give you guys a little something to chew on between episodes and not have such a huge gap between content, we are going to take a look at the 2020 season of BattleBots. But I am not alone in this endeavor, for I have two people to help me. First up, you may know him well, he's a regular on our show, it's Justin Young. Hey! And joining us to help give some insight on the new season of BattleBots, we have an actual Roboteer here with us. Please introduce yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Nate Franklin. I've been competing with robots since uh, 2012. Um, I've been competing in the smaller weight classes across the United States, and I've also made the trip over to the UK for the... Um, uh, robot combat web series BuggleBots, and that was a lot of fun. So, once again, I have returned to a podcast to talk about robots. That's always fun. Yeah, to paraphrase Bass Rutan, he's been a roboteer for many years, and he's been fighting in the box, as you know. So he knows his things. Yeah, I know. I know one or two things about robots, so we'll see where we go from there. So 2020, as we know, has been a very tumultuous year. We have a global pandemic massive civil unrest, elections and chaos, virtual gaming waifus taking over YouTube, and yet, in the midst of all of this chaos in 2020, we have BattleBots. At the 11th hour, Greg Munson and Trey Roski pulled through with the 5th season of BattleBots, and I have to applaud them for their efforts for getting this done even if there aren't going to be any fans there, it's still going to be a fun series regardless. Unfortunately, we will not be seeing many of the international teams that plan to enter because of the travel restrictions. So damn you, Corona-chan, you robbed us of Orby Blade. Ugh, so true. I really wanted to see Orby Blade on U.S. soil just to see what it could do. Me too. Yeah, that would have been really fun, but... I'll take I'll I'll take what we've got so far. Yeah, it's a very interesting field. I don't want to say it's a weak field, but it's definitely one that's wide open. It feels very wide open without bite force there. Yeah. Several robots that appeared in the previous seasons are taking the year off. Yeti, Blacksmith, Bombshell, and the biggest absence of all is Paul Ventimiglia with Bite Force. For some, it's a disappointment that the reigning champion isn't coming back to defend his crown. To others, it's a blessing, as it means that somebody else will rise to the top. I think it's interesting, because this is the first, like, televised robot event in quite a while, to my knowledge, where the reigning champ just straight up didn't appear. I think that's pretty, like, insane. Like, usually you expect... Well, obviously, I can understand I'm not going to, like, judge the team for not, but it's just, it's really interesting that this is the first time it's happened in quite a while. I'm trying to think of, like, what the last 
the only real times I can think where the reigning champion in robot combat didn't show up to a televised event was Slicer in the Dutch Robot Wars and Hazard for that one season of BattleBots. I was going to say Hazard was the last time I remember that happening. And then I think Spaz didn't show up, who won when Hazard wasn't there and just, you know, just sort of just came and left. <laughs> that sounds about right. But there are going to be some changes to the format this year, from what I have heard. Nate, would you mind elaborating on that? Oh my god, I actually, like, straight up forgot. I've been busy with other stuff. I don't remember how the format goes. The only thing I remember is that it's, like, a round of 32 instead of a round of 16. Yeah, I... Yeah, the main tournament got extended this year from 16 in the playoffs, or the chase, if you will, to 32. I sort of have mixed feelings about that, because... On one hand, I kind of feel that it sort of dilutes the competition. And also, does this mean we're going to be seeing fewer fights for this format? Like, everybody gets three fights instead of, say, four? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I can't comment on that for reasons. I have someone on the inside. All right, well, I won't press too hard, Justin, because I'm just an armchair roboteer. What the hell would I know? But that said, we've got 62 robots to go through, and get the popcorn and Dr. Pepper, people. This is going to take a while to go through. So, with everything out of the way, let's start at the top and work our way down, starting with Aegis Aegis? Aegis? I don't know. Aegis? I don't know how you pronounce that. I've, oh, Aegis. I think it's Aegis? Because I've heard it pronounced multiple different ways. Like, I have the game 13 Sentinels. It's spelt Aegis, but they pronounce it as Aegis. I'm having trouble making heads or tails of it because I swore I saw that word in, like, a game or an anime somewhere, and they pronounced it Aegis. I'm not sure. I'll just go with Aegis for now, since that's what I've heard. So Aegis, it's a flipper, and it has a rather unique shape to it. I look at that shape and I go, Judge Shred 5. (laughs) I look at it and go, that speed bump I ran over uh, (laughs) going through residential roads today. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It looks like I could wear that thing as a hat. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't um, like a hat. Judging from the picture, it looks not that tall in comparison to other bots. So I'm thinking about like some other bots are going to mention like Malice and um, might have actually might have some difficulties because their weapon is a bit higher off the ground. So it might be an awkward shape to strike at, but it'll be really interesting to see how it performs. I'm curious to see how their flipper works because you don't see too many flippers like this on BattleBots because oftentimes... It's merely a flipping arm. We were going to have a wedge flipper with Orion, but Corona-chan happened. But the thing that worries me, of course, is that it's armored in fiberglass. Oh yeah, yeah, that could be an issue. It's a big issue. I was gonna say this would be... If they had armored it properly, this would be... A, this could be a really good flipper design because it's long and low like Hydra. We all know how well Hydra did last year. But it only works if it's got solid armor underneath of it. And from 
if it's in fiberglass, one good hit, over. That's it. Stick a fork in it. It's done. I will say, if it fights a big spinner, I would wear a mask when going into that arena, and it's not because of COVID. If you have seen what happens when fiberglass shatters, that stuff is dusty. You inhale that thing, yep. you're going to be coughing for a good oh, minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to be careful with all that stuff. Yep. Yep. It's just like watching monster trucks crash. Lots of dust. Yeah, very dusty. The next team we're going to talk about is one of only a handful of international teams that was at the competition this year. It is Adam number 94, representing India. It is a joint venture between Roboteers from both India and Canada. This thing looks very simple, if I do say so myself. I'd just say, I should, I, we should call this thing Son of a Digger, because that paint job is immaculate. And I don't know if you've ever seen Son of a Digger, but it looks just like it. Right down to the flame pattern. Oh yeah, it does. I remember making a Robot Arena 2 bot in like 2010 with that exact same paint job. This is a very simple looking design. Got old school style wheels from the looks of things. It's kind of like an Indian Black Dragon. Front and midsection look very Black Dragon-esque. And I do like what they did with those uh, leading forks right down there. That's actually kind of clever. I'm at least happy, though, that India is being represented in robot combat, and hopefully they set a good example for their home country, because, and I really hate to say this, India has sort of become somewhat of a meme in the robot combat community for all the wrong reasons. Because if you watch any footage of Indian robot combat, it's very lax, very poor safety standards. There was a robot combat fight in India that went viral where I think it was a lightweight fight where one of the bots hit another one and they sent a piece of debris flying that went right through the glass and knocked out somebody in the audience. Oh, Hatsu. That is graph that's graphic sounding the guy was okay but it was basically a video where the robot combat community came together and said see this is how you don't set up an arena yeah i know they gotten a bit better i know it's kind of sad how whenever robot combat goes viral it tends to be like for bad stuff like it was this and the time that youtube started deleting robot videos because they thought they were animal cruelty for some reason, and I thought that was hilarious, but I'm also sad. It's so funny to this day, I'm sorry. We, I, we all, I mean, we all were scared that we'd have to, like, like move our videos somewhere else, but it was also just kind of funny just how ridiculous it was. I forgot that even happened. Thank you for reminding me of that, Nate. But Adam number 94, considering that we don't have that many international teams... I will at least praise them for making the effort to come over here. I don't think they're going to make the top 32, though. Uh, I think it's going to depend on their build quality. They won't come last. Let's be honest, they're not... I don't see them as a legitimate title threat. That being said, get together, Japan. We're waiting for you over here. Oh my god, I'm honestly shocked we haven't seen any Japanese teams in robot combat, considering how big the sumo scene in robot combat is over there. Right? I've been saying that since 
2013 2013 that we need to have some that the Japanese need to start showing up here. Yeah, I'm really surprised no one over there has gotten the idea. And considering I'm pretty sure one of either Robot Wars, BattleBots, or even King of Bots has made it over there. So they, they know what the stuff is. They just haven't done it yet for some reason. Well, hopefully NBC Universal can get that show airing on Japanese TV somewhere. Oh lord, they better. But Adam94, I see it yeah. going two and two at most. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, same here. And to go from absolutely reasonable to absolutely daft, we have Axe Backwards. How are they standing the bot up like that? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> cheating. Nano machines, son. They're extremely cheating. <laughs> the only question is where are they cheating? This is the third time we've seen Axe Backwards, and as much as I really don't want to bring back the Prove It list, I feel this is kind of a Prove It year for Kurt Durgin. I can't disagree with that, although I'm gonna go a little bit easier on them since no one expects a ton out of them. I remember some of the funniest moments on um, BattleBots <laughs> update would be about them, and <laughs> that's really it. I'm not expecting much. Me neither. They've only won, like, two fights in their entire time. Two fights, and I'm not even sure how to this day. No I, one explained that. I mean, their most memorable moment last year was getting yeeted out of the arena by Mammoth. Don't forget when Deep Six <laughs> broke them oh, into yes. third. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I was time. gonna bring that up, too. I remember watching that, and Brandon and I were just laughing ourselves silly for, like, what, three to five minutes <laughs> just watching that fight. You know, like, I see that fight three times, and I still got a chuckle out of it to this day. Even if Axe Backwards never works the way it's intended to, it always goes out in the most entertaining ways fashion. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I really, really don't want to call any sort of BattleBot a jobber, but Axe Backwards is kind of the Al Snow of BattleBots. It's not going to win often, but by God, is it fun to watch. Yeah, and it's something different. I mean, it's a drum on wheels. Like, come on, it's, yeah. It's very Florida robot. <laughs> I it's love that. Person. It's about the most Florida robot out there. That should be on their t-shirts. I hope I hope Kurt's Good. watching this and he takes that idea into consideration. He really should. I'd buy that. It's the only other full-body vertical drum outside of Barbarous. And they seem to suffer from the same problems, too. Also, one last thing I want to mention about Axe Backwards. On their profile on the BattleBots website... Kurt Durgin says that his favorite tool is the internet. Make a... <laughs> you okay there, buddy? I'm sorry. That hit me right in the funny bone because I just thought of the implications of that. <laughs> I'm a total moron and I don't get the joke, so... Please, please send me a DM after this is done, so you don't have to. We don't have to hear your uh, keyboard going all off, so I can understand. I feel re like a total bonehead for not realizing this. I'll edit this out, but what is another meaning of the word 
tool. Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> okay, now I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Please do. I, I saved your podcast. <laughs> you can cut that part out, though. But from one axe to another, we go from axe backwards to <clears throat> axolotl. A robot that was crowdfunded in order to be here. That's interesting. Also, I'm glad you got that name right in one take. Ooh, I first uh, saw it on on uh, Facebook, of all places. I was like, ooh, this is going to be hard for people to get right. Mercifully, everyone I've talked to pronounces it right. I kind of have to pronounce it right or else Brain will get mad at me. But I like their designs. Very spiky, very visually appealing. But it's prone to death at bad angles. That's a really good bot name. I'm writing that down. Death by angles. Death at bad angles. At bad angles. <laughs> <laughs> Please oh keep God. that. <laughs> Damn it, Nate. Stop making us laugh. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you not, do you want me here or not? We want you here, Nate. We do. All right. Anyway, I think it looks. I think it looks like a solid two two. Maybe I'm just worried that they don't have an anti horizontal configuration. But other than that, those those forks look pretty nasty. They just got to be careful not to get them stuck anywhere, especially like the kill saws, like lock jaw. But other than that, yeah, two and two. I'm saying. I would be more afraid if they got stuck on the screws, but I do like the multi-layered wheels that they have. Yeah. And also, like, uh, the sides of the forks look hand-painted, like the patterns on the side. I did not notice that until you pointed it out. Um, Good observation. Yeah, this thing's a two-and-two. Two-and-two, done in by horizontal spinner, potentially a few. I can at least say that I'm happy that they were able to get there through crowdfunding. And I think that's the least you could say about this machine. I say that is the most metal uh, fact about Axolotl, in my opinion. That is so cool that they were able to successfully crowdfund their way onto the show, especially in 2020. Oh, yeah. Regardless of how it does, that's no uh, small feat. And now we move on to a bot that became a meme in Season 3. We have the return of Bale Spear. Woo-hoo! I've been waiting to see this bot make a comeback for a while after seeing it in person at the last time I was at Motorama. Oh yeah, me too. And Earl's such an entertaining guy, the whole Farmer Geddon thing. I love the the visuals, like how it, it looks like a tractor, and I like on the front it's got the um what's it called? The uh the barn and then the um Silo. Um Silo, Silo. I think that's pretty cool. And it looks more distinct than the first one did, so I'm really excited to see how it does. It has a very industrial look, as if it was built in a barn. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got a, it's theme. Managed to do multiple things at once. It's distinct, it's themed, it looks beefy. And especially that front end. The front end in that, in the shot they use on the website, it looks like it means actual business this time. Sadly, in a field full of deadly spinners, I don't see it doing too well, but like Axolotl and Adam number 94, I'm very happy that they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I think with uh, free shipping not being there, they're a prime candidate to be sort of the people's champion this year. 
I would say that Bale Spear is a common man's robot. Very basic design, simple weapon, built by blue-collar men. I think that's a really good way of putting it. And mm-hmm. it definitely brings out the, you don't have to be a uh, mechanical engineer with like a bajillion degrees to build a bot. I was going to say, that's a very bold and fitting way to put it, especially since Sharkoprian is there. And of course, it, and we all know how that robot was built in a very uh, down-at-home sort of way. But yeah, very common man robot. Definitely, that's what I'm going to say, new people's champion title right here. Calling it right now. So three cheers to the Earl of Pancoast Third. Yay! 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 Moving on from one meme to the next, the king of shunt posting has returned. John Reed is back with Beta. So welcome back, old friend. So I mean, I'm really excited to see it perform. I think it had a really great run in uh, season two. The only thing is, if they don't have any solution for fighting verts with forks it's gonna get demolished by them what we saw in robot wars what aftershock did to terror hertz it got hit so hard that a part of terror hertz's wedge was fused to aftershock's disc also their hammer this time around is powered by pneumatics instead of being electrical powered and the hammer looks a lot smaller this time around which i think is both a good and a bad thing because On the negative side, it doesn't have as much reach, but on the plus side, they won't have as many accuracy problems. Yeah, and they can devote Uh, um, more weight to the other parts of the bot, like armoring it up. I see a couple things. One, small hammers actually are going to be a net positive because my problem I've had with the, I've seen with the electrical actuation system, and this is coming from sort of secondhand from someone who actually tried to build an electrical hammer bot, is that you're worried about the vulnerability of the weapon train first and foremost. And I think by getting rid of that, it's, it simplifies it in one less thing that can go wrong, basically. And the second thing I noticed is those tiny back wheels. That's prime real estate for some destruction, possibly internally. I would worry more about their internals and their rear wheels, because even though they're at the back, exposed wheels on BattleBots seems to be kind of a meta. Yeah, because it's almost always 1v1s. They don't have to worry about someone, like, sneaking up from behind. And the best way to protect your wheels is just uh, good driving. Obviously, everyone's prone to mistakes, but then you also run into the issue if you have wheel guards, they get hit, they get stuck in the wheels, and then you're, like, it's the just as bad as uh, losing your wheels. Sometimes that extra protection can work out against you. Ask Dominator 2. To some extent, Vladiator, because I remember Vladiator almost lost its uh, title fight against Minion because the Lexan that was closing off its wheels got stuck in the wall. But as far as Beta's success goes, I think they could make the top 32 this year. I think John Reed and Gabriel Stroud, hashtag pray for Gabe, They've got enough experience under their belts to where they know what they're doing. The only thing I want out of this team this year, give us some memorable memes, John. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think that's the best thing we're going to hope for. 
They're going to do better than Quantum in that they're going to make some progress in the tournament and they're going to get felled by a bad draw. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And lastly, before we move on, let us all remember, wait for a good hit. Indeed. So from one meme lord to a robot that will no doubt have many memes written about it, that is the big dill. And if any of you make the Rick and Morty reference, I'm going to reach through this screen and strangle you. I'm fully expecting Chris and Kenny to make some sort of... No, and for Ruth to make some sort of pickle Rick joke, so I'm just gonna, like, avoid it like the plague. (laughs) If he makes a pickle Rick reference, I'm going to hang myself. Well... (laughs) Funny we get to them, because happened to be related to one of the team members on the big bill this year. Really? Oh, yeah. Look on the far right of the team photo. That's my brother, Brandon. What? No way! No, whip out your birth certificate and his birth certificate. <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'd really appreciate it if you didn't make stuff up. Just so you could get, like, you could say, oh, I'm related to a um, person on <laughs> I'm sorry. He's probably, you can hear us now, by the way. <laughs> oh, tell him I said hi, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the magic of kayfabe. <laughs> oh boy, is, our our house has been quite the fun place since he got back. Mm. It sucked when he left, and it's fun since he got back. And he's been the guy who I'm getting all this information on. I actually thought about bringing him on tonight, except he right now is working uh, right above me, right above from where I'm recording, and we'll be doing so. Or at least until the weekend, but maybe I'll try to get him on the show later on. We'll see. I don't know if this is going to be a one-off or if I'm actually going to be reviewing BattleBots as a side hustle, but who knows? So, the big deal. Nate, you go first. So, I remember on Discord, I was talking with uh, Mike Jeffries, and he said that, like, if he were to design something completely new to, like, sort of break the vert meta, it would basically be big deal. I'm not going to say, oh, this bot is 100% going to beat Bite Force, but the forks look long enough to outreach the wedgelets on, like, the other verts that are currently here. So, I think it has a decent chance, and I've seen uh, a manual drive in, like, the videos from events he's been to, so I think it has a really good shot. So, I'm thinking this is top 32 material. Without question, it's one of my dark horses, and uh, <laughs> I should mention that this used to be Warhawk, is that correct? Uh, you are correct. Yeah, I believe so. Well, Warhawk, even though they've underperformed in previous seasons, every fight they've been in, they've always been entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah. Very much so. And with this, I get a very big panic attack vibe from this machine. You should. There's. It's obviously been moved. But Brandon has a model of this robot. It's also right below me. And also, another fun fact, this was at the Robot Ruckus last year, and they were pitting not far from Brandon and I. And let me tell you something. This robot, once it can grab something, it's going to do some damage. A lot of damage. The one thing I like about the design, I like the little um, prongs above the main forklift mechanism to trap the robot. Yep. It's a design feature that's also 
may have made its way to Bone Dead Robotics at some point. I'm just saying. Good choice. I think this year the spirit of Western Armed Robotics is going to make some noise in the competition. The only thing that's holding them back is that it's not a damaging weapon. So we'll have to wait and see where the chips fall with the big dill. And this is a good time to mention that I like this robot because I like pickles. I'm glad you like pickles. I like I just like the I do um, like pickles as well. I just like the design. I like the color scheme a lot. If I'm eating with the family and like they have like pickles on their plate and they haven't eaten them, I'm always gonna ask, Hey, are you gonna eat those pickles? Maybe a SpongeBob joke in here somewhere. Let us spare that one too. <laughs> but to go for my six hundred IQ reference, I'm going to say Stanley Cup champion Blake Coleman would approve of this robot. But we move on from a pickle to a dragon. As the boys from Brazil are back with Black Dragon. Woo! I'm really excited oh to see like... this one. It had a really uh, fun run in um the last season. I think it could do some pretty good upsets. I see they added a new um front-end attachment to the bot, because I know they ran into some issues with uh, like Lockjaw getting over to them. So I'm thinking it's going to make the top 32. And I know they got rid of the, uh, the flamethrower, and hopefully they've improved the reliability of their weapon. That's the only real thing holding them back is uh, their weapon reliability. It's dual belt driven now, so they've got a little extra insurance on their robot. I wonder, though, this time if they're going to have interchangeable wedges like they did last time. Uh, I'm trying to find that out for myself. No, it looks like they do because you could see the bolts with lock nuts holding the two forks in. And then there's one where the wedge is, so they might just be able to swap the wedge out or at the very least just swap out the uh, two forks at the front. Oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. They definitely are rocking interchangeable parts this year. I don't think there's much we can say about Black Dragon, but my biggest concern is that they're going to have a monsoon-type season, where they have a great first year, and then they undergo the sophomore slump. Oh, I actually have them... I made this prediction before filming started. I actually think they will go to the Final Four this year, barring a mechanical... Last year, they had a lot of problems with having mechanical failures, and I think if they can sort that out, they're going to go really deep. They did really good last year, but with a lot of the big teams not there this year, I think the door is wide open for them, but they just got to walk through it. All there is to it. I can see them getting into the top 16, but whether they get to the final four all depends on who they're drawn against. Because they got in because they won the Desperado Tournament, which, by the way, apparently there's no Desperado Tournament, and honestly, I'm fine with that. I'm not surprised at all. I don't want to say the concept was BS, I just think that it was a good idea, but it had its fair share of problems. And that's all that I have to say. I think there were a couple drawbacks, but overall I kind of liked it. I like the drama it produced. Moving on to a new team this year. I hope you people aren't arachnophobic because our next robot is a spoopy spider Black Widow. Okay, that that name the body. This is, I'm going to say it, this is my opinion, one of the top five prettiest robots of this season. The commitment to yep. theming is... <laughs> impeccable 
I just hope I'm like I am praying that there's like they've devoted some part of the weight to have like little motors so the arms can move up and down because I'm assuming that it's wheeled but it also has like the arms just moving up and down for show that would be awesome I don't care how well it does how much it gets trashed it looks awesome you and me both Nate yeah the thing looks like it's gonna be ripped into a million pieces and I don't care I mean, the top doesn't look like it's secured on very well. All the legs are basically breakaway bits. Some bots get smashed up into a million pieces. And frankly, I don't give a darn. It's just, it's fun to watch certain bots get destroyed. And if the team takes it well, good on them. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I agree. And hey, I can already say just from its design, it's better than the two other robots that have bore the name Black Widow. Uh-huh. One last little note about Black Widow that makes me love it even more. It shoots out silly string from its tail. So you have to admire their commitment to the bit, but God bless them. This thing's going to get swatted down. And that part will get memed to death. Silly string tail. Ooh, there's going to be so many memes this year from that alone. Moving on, now we have a robot whose previous version I actually saw in person at a Norwalk Havoc event. And that is Bloodsport. This year, they swapped out their pizza-shaped robot in exchange for a pizza box-shaped robot. With the world's gnarliest pizza cutter on top. That thing looks beautiful. I don't believe that's a picture of the actual bot, and that's like the render. It looks beautiful. It shouldn't fight. It shouldn't fight. It looks too good to fight. It's a four-wheel drive horizontal overhead spinner, and I adore this design. I just love the color palette with the red wheels, the hinges on the front. They're going to do a lot better than they did last year. I'm calling that right now. This thing's going like three and one. Dude, that was my prediction. <laughs> I'm really excited to see Bloodsport. It's going to do a lot of damage and it won't have to worry about like rolling around on the arena. And yeah, I'm, and I know that they also have like interchangeable bars so that should be pretty fun. You don't see too many uh, three-pronged bars on BattleBots, so this is going to be interesting. Yeah, it will be. I'm really excited to see them. I want to see our weapon at full speed. It's going to look gorgeous with the black base with the red tips. Yeah, the little blood splatters. That's a pain element that I'm surprised we don't see more of on combat robots, to be honest with you. Well, there's one that has a little bit of a hand-painted element, but it's not until much later down the line. I think we've all said our share about Bloodsport. I think it's going to do really well. So now we move on to a team that was not supposed to be here this year, but I guess we're kind of forced to bring it out because of COVID. And that is the return of Bronco. Yeah, I was... Ah, Bronco... It was weird, like, in the initial stages before all the, like, pandemic stuff, when Bronco was taking the season off. Like, because it was the first, like, televised BattleBots event without uh, Team Inertia Labs. Pretty sure they were there. They weren't there in season one. I don't remember, but it's nice to see them back. I hope they rebound from last season. I think for them, it's going to be a nightmare scenario. And I don't mean that in a worst-case scenario kind of deal. What I mean is that they're mostly just going to be there as a reserve. I think it because they didn't intend to enter, but were forced to be called in anyway, that they're mostly just going to be there for, like, whiteboard matches. That does sound kind of consistent with the data I got from Brandon. If they're competing full-time, I think they're going to have a better season. If not, then 
We'll get, we're going to get some good exhibition content out of them, that's for sure. Yeah, even if they don't do well, I look forward to whatever reason Bradley has up his sleeve next. I feel that Bronco has kind of run its course as a battle bot, and I am aching to see what he gives us next time. I predict within the next season or two, we may see, we're going to see a Bronco evolution, that's for sure. Hopefully. Other Nate, your take? You just nailed it. Uh, really no more to say for me, to be honest. And from one BattleBots legend to the next, we have the return of Captain Shredderator. Alright, so... Captain Shredderator. I just straight up hope they don't go out spectacularly this year. And <laughs> frankly, I'd just be happy with them not getting erased. Yeah... I feel that in every season, since it got KO'd by Chomp of all things, Captain Shredderator is just underperformed. And it's sad because when I was watching Robot Combat on YouTube, watching things like the Combots Cup and Robo Games, Captain Shredderator bedazzled me. I loved just how lethal it was, but it just hasn't really shown its lethality when it comes to televised competition. You... Pretty much put it perfectly right there. They brought like several shells to it this year so they can adjust to its competition. But to me, this just feels like another team that's on the prove it list. The biggest thing for them is just their reliability. For like the last few seasons, there have just been issues where they're doing pretty well. I think they're at a point where like they have a, they have a good bot. They It's just those little tiny reliability issues that prevent them from doing as well as they should. Like, it's either that they stop working when they're doing well, or they just get absolutely clobbered. And it sucks. I'd honestly prefer to see them get clobbered. I think they'd rather go out in a blaze of glory than just unspectacularly stop. Especially. There was one fight last year. I think it was against, uh, was it Wan Hu, where they were just, they were winning. Yeah, yeah, Wan Hu. Yeah, that that was a tough one to watch, actually, because... They had it in the bag, and then something just completely wrecked their day all of a sudden. I think Justin is on the money about Captain Shredderator. How well they do this year will ultimately depend on their reliability issues. Because if they can work out all the gremlins, their top 32 material, if not, it's unfortunately another disappointing season for the Navi family. And it's sad, because I love all of uh, Team Logicom's robots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could have said better myself. And from one veteran to the next, the ever-controversial, but evolved, Chomp. Nate, you got this one. Oh my god, I am so excited for this. Well, this, like, everyone knew that, like, Chomp was gonna be a walking robot, but only up until recently did we actually not know what it physically looked like, and when they revealed it, like, oh my god... There was so much hype. Like, before it was just, like, oh, pictures of, like, the individual parts. But I am so pumped to see this thing. I don't care what happens to it. Just seeing it, like, move is just, it's enough to, like, really get exciting. This thing is a work of art. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love the look of Chomp. I called the old Chomp the Mortis of BattleBots, if that makes any sense. I'm assuming because it's over-engineered? Yeah, but I rescind that title for this season. It's over-engineered in all the right ways this time around. Between 
its walking mechanism and its rotating hammer turret, Chomp is going to be an entertaining watch this year. Even this thing if, is a monster. This is another robot where I have to say, even if it doesn't win any fights, I commend the team for building something that is just so unique and just so different from the rest of the field, and it's going to break my heart when this thing gets destroyed. This thing... This thing is definitely... It's a monster. It's a... It's like something out of some one of those combat robot pastiche moments you see on kids shows, where oh, good- someone shows up robot with ridiculous, impossible remote control cartoon thing. This is one in real life. It makes me very excited. I'm not gonna make any crazy predictions here about it winning overall because it's not that kind of robot. At the end of the day, I mean, it's going to have an impact. Don't get me wrong. But I think that the the sport is a bit too, shall we say, streamlined for something like this to take off. But frankly, from an engineering perspective, this thing is fascinating and terrifying. Even the people in my local RC track who are not builders and some of them barely watch the show, when I describe this thing to them, they get pumped. They get excited. For this thing. I believe it was Sam Elliott on his preview that said that this is basically the new generation version of Mechadon, where, yeah, it's not going to win any fights, but damn it, it looks great. And a lot of engineering went into this. I tip my hat to Zoe Stevenson this year for just doing the unthinkable building a walking robot in modern times. And she also went to the filming of this while pregnant. What? That is some serious... She has some serious guts doing this show in 2020 while pregnant. That is... If I were wearing a hat, I, I tip my hat to that. If I were wearing a hat right now, that's a hat tip moment. That takes major guts. Hats off to Zoe Stevenson for doing that right now. Oh yeah, Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see how uh, it performs. I cannot criticize this thing in the slightest. I have gone from a chomp hater to absolutely admiring both it and its team, and I wish them all the best for this season. I just don't want to get too torn up by the uh, big spinners this year. That's all. Speaking of big spinners, we move on to a bot that was there for a cup of coffee and we didn't see much of him afterward. It's Kronos. They have traded out the tuna can for something that looks more like an upside-down pie tin. I was going to say demon frisbee, but that works too. (laughs) Now, the demon frisbee is Captain Shredderator. Demon frisbee shield. Demon frisbee Captain America shield of awesomeness. PM. Kronos this year looks a lot more sturdy. I love just how it's a different take on a body spinner using a single cog to drive an outer ring. The question is, is it going to stay sturdy? Because last year, in a rumble, half of its body came off. That hurts seeing. And I like the exposed air train of the robot. And kind of her watching it fall apart there in the rumble. That hurt. It did deliver like one of the biggest hits of last season, so I'm pretty excited to see... If we at least get uh, one of those good um, good hits from them. You know what I can't wait to see? 
I want to see Captain Shredder versus Kronos. That should be plenty of fun. And I also want to say this. This team gets the award for best wardrobe. Mm-hmm. That looks like something that... Shoot, I actually want to wear that outfit to a con now. <laughs> it's just so sick. Yeah, they've got, like, circuitry printed on the inside of the uh, collar flaps. I feel like it, they're following the footsteps of, like, Mobius with their costumes, which I think is really nice, because Mobius were, like, the real, like, showmen of uh, BattleBots. Yeah, we need more teams in costumes. So now we move on to another newcomer here. We have Claw Viper, a team from Seattle who has the best team name of this entire field, Team Bad Ideas. I mean, that they're is not wrong. Awesome team. <laughs> that is awesome. That is definitely the best team name of the field. I really do like their design, but it does look very, oh, whatever. It's just, it's going to be spinner baked. Much as I hate to say it. Yeah, those screws on the outside look very vulnerable, along with the exposed drive belts. A lot of its mechanics are exposed. And we have several control bots here in this field. We've got Big Dill and a couple others that are coming up. This thing's going to get torn to pieces. Yeah, the the exposed bolts on the front and sides make me... Ooh, little worried. A lot worried, actually. Prime real estate for a spinner weapon snagging. It's the belts that concern me more. Yeah, because um, I remember uh, Kevin, the uh, team captain, went to Motorama last year, I believe, and he brought a smaller version of it. And, like, it was insanely fast, and it was really fun to watch. It just had the issues with the belts coming loose but i'm pretty excited to see how it does because he's mentioned about how it has the two electric atv motors and 20 miles per hour so i'm really excited to see it perform it's definitely a good first attempt at a robot because i enjoy control bots because they're very technical and very calculating they're not meant to wow you they're a driver's type of robot i can confirm that last part i can definitely attest to control bots being a driver's bot because as Brandon's shown me over the past couple months, when the control bot works, it works really well. Devastatingly well. Indeed, but in like a spinner-heavy field and some of these bots on the undercard, I don't really see this thing going too far. But what do I know? So let's move on from a Viper to another Snack. It's Copperhead! Mm, welcome back, Copperhead. <laughs> I love the look of the new Copperhead. It looks grungy, it's dingy, I love the rust on it, I love the paint job, I just love everything about the new Copperhead, and I think this is the year they're finally going to break into the top 16. Couldn't agree more. This is definitely one of the bots that I can see taking advantage of the the absence of some of the bigger teams and the, and the reduced field and definitely making a deep run into the season. I love the paint job, like you said. I just love everything about it, and I think it can do pretty well. They had two of the most entertaining fights last season. It's fight with Gruff and it's fight where it just got absolutely demolished by son of Waiachi. Yep. Yep. It's a uh, Sal fight was definitely one of my favorites from last season. 
Yeah, easily a contender for the John Reed Good Hit Award. They didn't actually win that on BattleBots update, I can't remember. I would not know. Yeah, Copperhead, Caustic Creations has done it again, and I think they're going to make some noise this season. And then we move on to another newcomer this season, and one that I have high hopes for, and that is Deadlift. Or as I have come to start calling it, Storm 3. I was going to say Storm 3, the lifting. <laughs> Bro, do you even lift? There, I got that joke out of the way. <laughs> Ah, that's such a good one. This is very, it's a very simple, elegant robot. I really like the design, and um, it's so weird. I want to get make it a contender for Best in Shell for its rugged simplicity. This thing looks like a tank. I don't know what it's armored in, but it looks like it could shrug off a good deal of hits. It looks fast. It's got an electric lifter, which you don't see enough of on BattleBots. I think this thing could sneak into the playoffs this year. I absolutely adore this machine, and I really want it to do well. You got it, man. I think they're going to be a sleeper this season. Yeah, keep an eye on Deadlift. Yeah, I remember they were at Motorama last year. Or they've been at Motorama for the past few years, and this year they did pretty well. They also did well at a Robo Games, and I believe they made the top three in the lightweights or the middleweights. I don't remember, but I, I think they can surprise a few people. Yeah, don't sleep on this team. They've got the bot, and they've got the muscles to back it up. I just love how on their page, they said that as an initiation for the team... All the members had to deadlift, deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, dear. That That is awesome, though. Yeah, that means I would be ineligible for this team, because even though I try to work out as many times as I can a week, I could never, ever lift that 250 pounds. I'm not a weightlifter. Same here. Same here. In fact, I just kind of got into... I kind of just got into lifting not too long ago. And now we move on to one of the other few international entries we have on this list, and that is Endgame, all the way from New Zealand. Or as Brandon revealed, New Zealand by way of Canada. Isn't Jack Barker based out of Canada now? Yeah. Yeah, Jack is Canadian as of last year. That, I believe, is how they were able to get in. Interesting. I'm just going to be up front. I'm going to miss the deal with it sunglasses Ceremek. Oh yeah, that was, I'm going to miss that too. We're all going to miss that. But now they've gone functionality over form with a more realistic self-writing tail. I don't know what the articulation of that thing is. It sticks straight up, so I'm guessing it's trying to prevent them from rear-ending. But what happens when your robot does the thing? Nothing you can do. There is absolutely nothing you can do. You just have to just, you know, just stand there and stare awkwardly as your bot gets counted out. You said it all there, Nate. They had a bit of a disappointing season last year. I want to put them on the prove-it list, but given how far they've come and the hoops that they had to jump through, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass right now. They had a bit of a sophomore slump, but with this sort of weakened field... I can see Endgame having a comeback season. I'm going to give them a lot of leeway, and I'm going to say they're going to get a, they're going to do a 
I see him doing a deep run into the field, and they may have an outside shot at contending. Well, from what we saw in the trailer, Jack Barker finally got his wish. I actually think they they have a better chance than you're um, giving them credit for because I know they had a they had a tough few fights, but then the la the last two fights were good. They knocked out Doc, which you know. The only other bot to do it, to actually KO Duck, was Bronco, and it wasn't even by destroying it. And then they also pulled a pretty good upset against uh, Cobalt. I know that everyone expected Cobalt to make at least the top eight. So I think they have a good chance. As long as they worked out their reliability issues, I think it's going to be an endgame redemption arc. They got a very good chance. The door is wide open. They just got to walk through it. And now... We move on to the hottest team in town. Now who needs the fire service? It's Extinguisher. AKA one of the loudest robots at uh, Robot Ruckus last year. Well, I have good news for you, Justin. They got rid of the siren. That's good. But that was only half the loudness. The other half was whenever they fired their weapon. Whole building shook at one point. <laughs> I I wish we saw more of Extinguisher last year. We need more axe bots, and I love that we've got a four wheel drive axe bot because it can not only hammer you, it can also push you around the arena. The Extinguisher team, they had a few televised fights on the Science Network, and ironically, in one of their fights, they caught fire. Mm, yep, heard about that. Although. I think this is one of the fights that I ended up missing because I don't have cable, unfortunately. But that aside, I think for them, they need reliability this year first and foremost. Once they get that established, then I don't know. Maybe they'll give the the normal mid-pack teams a good run for their money this year. Yeah, it, it'll either sneak in or it'll go two and two. But we have to mention that they have a secret weapon this year. They have a fire extinguisher on board. Kind of I, fitting since they called fire last year. I don't know what good that what purpose that serves other than being aesthetically pleasing, but it's just fun that a team that's themed to firefighting has a fire extinguisher on board their robot. I I think that's amazing commitment to theming. You have to admire this team for committing to the gimmick, especially with the fire pants. I sold John, uh, the team captain, one of my um, old transmitters. So I, that's the only bot that I've actually contributed to, which now I, well, I think that's pretty cool. So if they lose, it's your fault. Yeah, I'm going to feel really awful, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to have to apologize if something happens related to the transmitter. But if Extinguisher is simple and straightforward, having both a hammer and a vertical spinner... This next bot, oh boy, we need to talk about Fusion. You know that gif of that dude who just turns right in the camera and then all the question marks start popping up? That's <laughs> me looking at that thing right now. Are you curious as to how this thing even works? How does it even work? I mean, <laughs> wow. Have you seen the footage of it spinning up in the test box? I saw it, and then I just got, I was like, okay, this is quite terrifying. This thing is, it's a cartoon. 
some sort of monster out of a cartoon. That's that's all there is to it. Thing is a monster. I this thing with Team Wayachi, it's either feast or famine. This thing will either destroy everything in its path, or it will end up like Falcon did last year. They usually bring marketing duds or completely bug nuts things that completely that scare the bejesus out of everybody and end up flipping everyone's prediction cards on their lid. I mean, that was literally their team history. Show up with something completely nuts, scare everyone, and then win a few fights. I feel like not many teams would have the guts to do that just because, like, Team Wayachi is basically, like, an infinite money pit because they have, like, their own facility <laughs> where they build their own boss because they build, like, they build equipment for, like, the meat industry, so, like, conveyor belts and stuff, so they can afford to make just, like, the craziest stuff. Like, this and Falcon, no one is, like, thinking about battle bots. Like, oh, okay, what should I build for battle bots? Oh, yeah, I should build this. This this is something I can afford to make. This is, so, like, I think it's amazing they can just build whatever they want. That is awesome. That is amazing. I also heard they make those big, giant, scary sausage machines like you see on how it's made. I heard that's their, that's their work as yeah, well. Yeah, they make quite a lot. And... They make the... Also, the most important sponsor of all time, they make the Utter Guns. Yeah. A sponsor. This bot definitely reeks of a team that has too much money to spend. They're like F1 designers if F1 designers were completely nuts. It's just so insane. And the sad thing is, I think this could do pretty well. I think it's going to end up on the scared of bejesus out of everyone scale. It's going to ruin quite a few people's days, a few people's brackets, and I, I, can't, I can't even figure out how it's going to get taken down. Other than maybe the show schedulers just make it fight sour or something, I don't know. Like If it has to face a flipper, I would be concerned there, but... If you're a spinner, how do you fight this thing? No, that's the ultimate way to break the um, four-wheel vert with interchangeable front-end meta. You just make something with two different spinning weapons, so they have to choose which one they're going to run with. (sighs) Fusion is definitely on my list of bots that I'm most excited to watch, and we move on from something that was created by a maniac to something that is a lot more subdued and realistic. Gamma 9! I'm barely holding in my laughter from their team picture. <laughs> that is... Uh, that, there's something about their picture on the website that just makes you want to laugh every time you see it. The guy on the far left looks like he's been photoshopped in. <laughs> exactly. It's the shoe! It's the shoe! The- there are a few of them that actually look like people were just photoshopped in last minute, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> the way they're standing... <laughs> the way they look like they're standing... Do you guys remember the old Singular commercials back when Singular Wireless was still a thing? 
And their commercials had things lined up to look like cell cell phone bar reception. They look like they're advertising singular. Oh that what it like what an oddly specific reference. I never thought I'd be like thinking about that now, but thanks. I'm not bitter. I'm just like, wow, I never expected to hear that. Uh, I did not expect that. That's a now I can't unsee it. I can't unsee it really. We've talked more about the team photo than we have about the actual robot look, which it looks like something out of Speed Racer. It looks like one of like the old Batmobiles, and I think it looks pretty cool. I like the dome on it. I mean, it's probably going to probably hurt it in the long run, but I think it looks really cool. It looks like Smidzy and Dreadnought did the fusion dance. It's like Speed Racer dumped in a blender with wacky racers if it had been made in 1984 it's the mach 5 meets kit from knight rider oh that's a really good way to put it it is yet another lifter and the lifter looks kind of flimsy it's i not... think it's just flimsy enough to work it's not a solid lifter though like the gaps and the little bars it looks more like the top of a shopping cart than it does a more sturdy lifter yeah, I do wonder why they went in that direction. I kind of hope that they have a backup plan waiting there underneath. Or they can swap on in between matches, you never know. But it's flimsy, but yeah, it's just... I feel like it's just flimsy enough to work. Like, if they're hiding something, or they got a good backup plan for, say, well, Gemini, unfortunately, <laughs> then I think... They may be able. They may squeeze a victory here and there. We'll see. Also, you mentioned they have a little dome in the center. Their favorite robot is R two D two because he has a dome. Uh, <laughs> the funniness keeps on coming with this team. But wait, no. There's more. Their favorite tool is intimidation, and their job: drive and complain. <laughs> I think we broke Justin. You did. For this <laughs> next robot, please. Alright, let's go to something that hopefully won't make us laugh, and that is uh Gemini. And the one problem I have always had with Gemini is the same problem that I've had with Robot Wars Gemini. It's a robot that can't get out of its own way. Mm-hmm. Such is the risk of running a multibot. Battle bots, but only when Gemini hits the other Gemini. <laughs> yeah, other Nate pretty much nailed it on the head. They do have armor that they can fit on one of the robots so that they can make it a heavyweight. But that's like me taking a unicycle, duct taping another unicycle to it, and saying, Look, I have a bicycle now! Basically, or another analogy for that, but that's better, actually. Really, I just want Gemini to come back with something new. I feel that they've sort of proven the multibot idea is good on paper, but in actual practicality, with all the issues this team has faced... I think it's time to move on to something else. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, clean slate design and 
86, the self-destruction Gordon Ramsay style. Other Nate, your thoughts? I mean, I don't want to be harsh. I'm not expecting, like, too much for them, but I do always find it funny when they accidentally hit each other. Although they probably don't find it as fun. It's like in, because I watch a lot of hockey, it's like when two guys run into each other in hockey. Not like a body check, but like when two teammates collide. All the fans in the arena will laugh, but if... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I did. (laughs) Sorry about that. Continue. (laughs) What? I pictured it. I actually just pictured two guys skating into each other. Hey, don't laugh, Justin. Justin, seriously, don't laugh at that, because whenever two teammates run into each other, oftentimes that can result in some serious injury. Yeah. But serious injury is even more hilarious. Not in hockey, it's not. Oh. Unless it's in a beer league. Then it's hysterical. You got it. You got it. But yeah, let's move on to a bot that has taken a long hiatus, but is now back and better, question mark, than ever? Ghost Raptor. Oh dear. It it looks flimsy. It's going to snap in half. I'm fully expecting it to. Well... You guys at least showed up. Where is the protection on this thing? This thing is just screaming to be torn into pieces. I give Chuck Pitzer credit for coming back, but... I'm guessing that this is sort of a raptor aesthetic, but... In 2020, this thing is going to be all around the arena. I joked about it with Black Widow, but for Team Raptor, they should know better. Man, the the hole, uh, they have holes where there shouldn't be holes. And the quote-unquote hole aesthetic, they pulled, they got away with it on some of their early 2000s bots, but putting speed holes on a bot in 2020, I... Just why? The chains on, on the drive wheels are also exposed, too. Holy cow, I completely missed that. It's definitely a very, like, oddly specifi- specialized bot. I remember talking to Mike Jeffries about it, and he was, like, saying... This was years ago, and it was, like, saying if Bombshell's only weapon was the adjustable horizontal and that was it, that's basically what Ghost Raptor is. So I'm honestly expecting it to, like... Win one or two fights against, like, non-spinners and then get destroyed. That's, yeah. that's what I think is going to happen. We're sorry, Chuck, but your robot's going home in a bin bag. It's going to be a one-hit wonder and then complete and total destruction. Same here, man. Same here. And so, we move on to another veteran of the sport with Gigabyte who have traded in the aesthetic of Windows for Guy Fieri, which is the single biggest downgrade of the season. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to be a bit nicer to them with the flame job. I, I like the shirts, and 
I kind of see what they were trying to do with the flame stickers, although I do wonder why in the world they stopped only on one side. Wait, it's, they're only on one side? Yeah, they don't wrap around the robot. And I'm like, wait, why did you do that? That's pointless. Dude. Maybe it's on the opposite the side? On the front and called it. Pretty sure it's on the opposite side, too. But it's they don't have the flame pattern going all the way around, which... I think is disappointing. Well, depending on how you look at Flames, they either traded the Google Chrome aesthetic for either Guy Fieri, which is a downgrade, or Bam Bam Bigelow, which is an upgrade. But Gigabyte, I really want Gigabyte to do well this season because, once again, when I was a wee lad watching robot combat videos on YouTube, I saw what Gigabyte could do. One of the first robot combat videos I ever watched on YouTube was Gigabyte versus Biohazard, where Biohazard effectively got foobarred. I think that was my first ever YouTube fight as well. And we've seen what it can do in both the live circuit and in China, but when it comes to BattleBots, they've just had all kinds of gremlins, and I really want them to get sorted out this time around, because Gigabyte at full power is scary. I want to see them get past their gremlins and really show up. Because if there's any year they need to show up for, it's this one. I do think it's also interesting to see Matt Maxim on the team. Because he's basically the king of control bots. but And now he's with a team that has a spinner. So I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, I found that out from uh, from Brian. I thought it was... It's an interesting team pickup, to say the least. And I hope it pays off. It was a bad bushing on the top. Season 4, they got punted out by Witch Doctor. Will the third time be the charm for Gigabyte? We'll have to wait and see. But now we move on to another newcomer, and... Oh boy. Hello, Grabot. Um, how do you make sense of this thing? You don't. It's a bot that grabs, therefore, Grabot... You want to talk about robots that are going to be splattered all over the arena. Just looking at the close-up and how this thing is held together, they're going to have to pray a lot of rosaries to make sure this thing comes out in one piece. Because those grabby arms do not look like they can grabby anything. They're going to be scraping this thing off the walls. You know what? I at least give them kudos for doing something interesting on a first attempt. No, yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. So I'm interested to see how it performs. They're a team that I want to see come back with something new. Maybe not Grabbot, but something crazy like this machine. Even if its sole purpose is just to be entered in and absolutely demolished. Plus, I also like the little uh, weapons that they have with them. It's a nice little touch. You can obviously tell this team's got a lot of personality to them. And now let's move on to, and now let's move on to one of my favorite robots from last year, and the bot that, in my eyes, had the best fight of the season. It's Gruff. <coughs> one of the few robots I can safely say is named after itself. <laughs> Although I do like the improvements they made this year. It does look more streamlined and less beat up, which I guess they had to fix since they quite literally had their chassis bent. But they still kept that rough and tumble, go get him aesthetic. <laughs> and, well, once again, this is one of the bots that I'm going to go out on a limb and say, deep run. 
don't know if it's Final Four caliber. Deep run. I can definitely see it in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because Gruff has only one strategy when it comes to fighting its opponents. And that is, be a tank. It's the Hell's Angels approach to strategy, which I got to see in action uh, last year in Orlando. And it was, it's a really effective robot, especially in close quarters combat. And I gotta say, with a, with a lot of lifters this year, this is definitely looking good for Gruff. The fact that it took Tombstone to the limit says a lot about the engineering and the build quality of the robot. And let's also not forget its dual-wielding flamethrowers this time around. And Gruff has the best flamethrower in all of BattleBots. I do not want anybody to debate me on that. That is a fact. No, you're absolutely correct. Got the hottest by temperature, I think. It, the fact that it's just three flamethrowers stacked onto each other, it looks like something off of Bowser's Doom Ship from Super Mario Bros. 3. Hmm. That's a really good way to look at it, yeah. Just this coming out of the bot. Oh my god, I love Gruff, and I will be rooting for them this season. And by the way, Justin, I hate to gaslight you, but you're wrong. Gruff was actually named after the fairy tale of the three billy goats gruff. Really? That's very impressive. It really fits the name, and like I said, it's a gruff robot with a strategy to match. And now we move on to a new-ish team for 2020, and that is the big lawn-mowing owl of hijinks. Also... The best 80s new wave band that never was. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I say they're a new-ish team because two of the members split off from Scorpio, so we'll be talking about. We've got Orion Beach as the driver, and the captain is Jen Hershenroder. And yes, I said that right. Yeah, I'm really excited to see this one because it reminds me of a lot of uh, Russ Barrow's bots like Dark Blade and Dark Slayer. So... I'm hoping, regardless of how it does, we do get to see some really nice hits that send other bots to, across the battle box. It has a very big, beefy blade underneath it with sparse bodywork, which is going to make it hard to grab onto. My only worry is the wheels. Those very Ooh. spindly-looking wheels. I have to agree that those wheels are very spindly. And frankly, I just hope that I just hope that they don't cross that bridge, to be honest with you. But I, what impresses me most is how they back up that show car quality paint, easily top three best in the show, by the way, with the with that bite. I mean, that blade is massive. And it juts out from the robot, so it's got plenty of distance between the blade and its bodywork. And that I think is going to be their best asset. This is one of the ones I'm most excited to see uh, fight for the first time. When you have Orion Beach as your driver, you're in safe hands. Whatever concerns I have about hijinks are going to be mitigated by his driving. Yep, that is yep. That's definitely quite an ace in the hole to have. So to move on to another spindly spinner robot... We have the return of 
Huge! Nothing here to say about huge. It's huge. Nothing else to it. It's got the beautiful eyes. It's got big wheels. Nothing more that needs to be said other than I love this robot. And if you don't, never speak to me ever again. <laughs> My parents thought it was daft, but once they saw it fight, they were believers. Wheels real big, blade real big, bot real big, everything real big. <laughs> They're easily going to qualify for the top 32, and I think they could get to the Elite 8. Whether or not they make the Final Four this year is anyone's guess. Only real complaint about Huge, we never saw them fight Bite Force. I'm going to say they're easily a top eight robot. Yeah. And by the way, to take from their favorite profile, their favorite tool is Rory Mangles via Via Telepresence Robot. That is such a huge thing to say. So we didn't have a lot to say about Huge, but I think we will have a lot to say about the next robot. Ladies and gentlemen, bow down to the new King of Flippers, Hydra. A.K.A. reason number 600 and... I forgot which one. 640. That why Robot Wars needs a new season. Oh my goodness, Hydra. It doesn't look all that changed. What happened with Hydra last year? I didn't fare too well against uh, Minotaur. It effectively got its chains knocked off by Minotaur. And I fear that people are going to be gunning for its sides. But we do know what Hydra does best. And that is flip opponents like it flips burgers on the grill. Yep. Hydra, new Hydra king of flippers. I do like the, it looks like the paint is up to Wyatt quality as usual. And I'm going to go a little bit against the grain here by saying that they didn't really need to change much from last season. I think that they just... They end up getting a bad draw against Minotaur, and to be honest, they were set to be the first flipper to really contend for the top four in a very long time, and I think they're going to do much the same. I think the same here. I think they could go as far as the Elite Eight, but it all depends on the luck of the draw and whether or not they can keep those chains secured. Yeah, I definitely agree, and I know they do have the uh, wedgelet set up too, and, and not just wedge pieces, so I think uh, they have a better shot against like vertical spinners, so I'm just hoping they get a bit more difficult schedule than they did last year, but I think they can do pretty well. I don't think anybody expected them to do so well, considering that we didn't see too much of their flipper before the show aired. I certainly did it, but once we saw them just throwing opponents around the arena like they were nothing. I think Greg and Trey are going to say, okay, you proved yourself the new king of flippers. Now you have to defend your crown. Which, in all honesty, is going to be theirs for a good long time. Since their only real rival in the flipper game now is Bronco. And we all know what's going to happen to Bronco. Indeed. And now we move on to... A guy who I think is probably just the king of all roboteers because he is that awesome. It's the return of Will Bales and Hypershock. <laughs> Welcome back. And I'd just say thanks, Will, for recognizing my Hypershock drag car. I, and I can't wait to run it some more. Also, 
that said, now I gotta go get a new body for it to match this one. So, yeah. I've always loved Hypershock. I've always loved Will Bales. Honestly, the only thing keeping them back again this year is their technical difficulties, because they've had technical issues for the past few years. But when Hypershock works, watch out. I think this will be their year. As in, I'm seeing top eight material out of them. And I put them on a list of bots that have an outside chance of going to the final four. But they're going to need quite a bit of luck. And they're going to need to really take the opportunities that open up. They didn't capitalize on some opportunities last year. And they had a really horrible year the year before that. And it's going to be, it may have a lot of potential. They just got to walk through the open door. That's really it. If they seize that opportunity, they're easily top four contenders. I would say that they could even beat Tombstone if they went up against Tombstone. Because we saw how Tombstone fared against Bite Force. And considering just how aggressive a driver Will Bales is. Because the one bit from Hypershock I remember from last season was its fight against Valkyrie where it just box rushed the thing and just didn't Um, stop yeah they that is will bales driving at his best and and will's really good at finding the sweet spot on his opponents i mean he came close to beating bite force and then of course bite force was bite force with its bite force plot armor but I, i do believe to this day that will gotten that one hit on bite force it could change the outcome of that entire season right then and there. I think as long as they've unsuckified the parts of the bot that they've had issues with, I think Hypershock is a pretty decent shot. I'd love to see it fight Tombstone with great speed. I think that would be a really entertaining fight. Probably not as entertaining for them afterwards, regardless of if they win or lose, because I'd imagine win or lose, it might be a costly battle as a lot of uh, fights with Tombstone tend to be. But yeah, I'm excited to see Will Bales back. Their biggest concern this year, I would say, is that they're using a new drive system because everyone else is using theirs. I really hate to say this, but that could be their biggest weak spot for the whole season. I just hope it's one of those things where they nail it right out of the box and and it just stays together. Sometimes all you can do in this situation is pray, as my dad tells me. Up next... We have another returnee after a year off. It is the return of Ice Wave. This is definitely one of those surprises that Brandon told me about when he got off the plane. And I gotta say, what a surprise this is. Do we know if they're going to be competing full-time or if they're just there as a reserve? I've, let's see, some people say it's gonna be full-time. Although, my source above me says... I'm going to bleep that out. But with Ice Wave, they're always entertaining, and for a bot whom my first impression of was them self-destructing against Major Punishment, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up that fight, Ice Wave versus Major Punishment, Ice Wave has actually been fairly reliable in the battle box, and it's done a good job of protecting its engine, save for that fight against Rotator. And I think that if it's fully working, it's definitely a lock for the top 32, but I don't know how far it's going to go beyond that bracket of 32. 
Oh, I'd say Ice Wave has had a really, really solid reputation with reliability. So I'm going to say they're going to have a very deep run, provided they have measures in place to keep people from pulling a rotator on them. Is it going to have like any of the keep away sticks? I'm not even going to touch that for reasons. I think it, it can do decently well. I just think with the current meta of four-wheel drive verts and like really thick wedges, like we saw with Rotator where Rotator was able to deflect Ice Wave's blows enough to actually stop it from spinning. I mean, I know that they got like a new engine for their weapon, so they just got to be careful. And obviously, it's definitely going to come down to the uh, luck of the draw. Yeah, that's all that really needs to be said about Ice Wave. I really hope that they do well this time around, because I've always had a soft spot for Ice Wave. You have to admire a robot that even in 2020 is still using an internal combustion engine when most robots are now electrical powered. So moving on to another new team for this year, a bot that was built in a garage in about a month. It's Jackpot. Unlucky for some. That's an aesthetic I was not ready for. Let's call it Garage Chic, Rat Rod, Robot Chic. I don't know. It's unique. It's out there. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I, I can't tell. It could surprise people. It could be a complete dud or it can have splattered against the wall. I don't know. I like that phrase, Garage Chic. Yeah, I love the dual spinning blades. Originally, it was supposed to be called Sabretooth, but apparently they got in trouble with old Gabriel Stroud, so because they're based out of Las Vegas, they went with a gambling aesthetic, and that's how we got the name Jackpot. And it looks good, and it's not bad for a first attempt, but given that it was built in effectively a month, they're definitely going to be going through some growing pains for a first-year team. I was going to say, should have called it Gambler 500. Would have really fit the garage chic. Yeah, sometimes the simple names work best, and Jackpot is one of those names. Yeah, yeah, I really don't think you could have chosen a better name for a bot uh, with a team based out of Las Vegas. What were they supposed to use, Chippendale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, hopefully once uh, international travel opens up again, I hope they invite uh, John Denny and uh, John Denny Jr. for their team so that we can have the full ensemble of roboteers who built bots based off of gambling dude that'd be so cool indeed and if they have john denny jr as their driver they're set for the whole competition because john denny jr is a maniac behind the controls oh yeah definitely he's a great driver of course you know you've seen him live but jackpot definitely looks great i love the grungy yet sleek build to it but whether or not it does well, it looks better than some of the other first-time entries we've seen on this list, but we'll find out once the episode starts airing whether it's truly up to snuff, but for a first-time entry, I love this machine. Mm-hmm. It's got a very unique look to it, very unique design, and it's it's a true wild card. You don't really know what it's going to be capable of until it fires up in the box. One little thing, we've talked about team photos. I love how they have a card on the side of a bodywork. I was really hoping it was a case where they stuck a playing card in the drive shaft to make it sound more deadly. Oh yeah, that'd be funny. Oh yeah, that'd be so funny and cool. Mostly cool. 
Speaking of cool machines, and one that I think is a serious contender this year, we have Kraken! Uh, Kraken. Awesome group of people, and a very fun bot to see in person. They seem to be getting the uh, pincer mechanism better with every iteration of the robot, and I think they have an outside chance at being a being quite a surprise for this season. I think that this is the year that Matt Spurk and Kraken finally come out of the woodwork and say, my bot is not just a novelty with a unique crushing mechanism, it is a legitimate contender for the giant nut, and I don't want to say it deserves praise, but you know, you should start taking us a lot more seriously. I think this is the year he's perfected that crushing mechanism because I've talked with Matt Spurk about this on the Hardcore Podcast. The Crusher is pneumatically driven by an air bladder. Wow. It was a weird idea when it first was introduced because I I do remember a lot of people giving them flack for it, but I do love how they've been able to stick with that for... It'll stick with that for so long and really refine it. Plus, it's also got the great paint job to match it. Last year, we saw a black Kraken. This year, it's this chartreuse chrome with a little black in it on the front of the nose. And, oh, it looks beautiful. I wish I knew who did their paints. I'd give them a shout out on this show. Yeah, I think it's got a, a, a really good shot. It's definitely out of tups and downs, but I think... It hasn't had, like, the most wins, but the two wins that it's had, like, against Ribot and Red Devil were very impressive. So it looks like a goofy bot, but it's definitely shown that it can really hang with the big boys. I would say it's become the Deator of battle bots, A bot that is sort of meant to be comedic, but don't think it's a joke bot. The lethal joke character. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, like, they well, said on right. TV tropes about, like, Deator or whatever, but I thought that was a nice um, saying. To make a video game reference, Kraken is the Yoshimitsu of BattleBots. The comedy relief character who turns out to be the best fighter in the game. And speaking of the best fighters, we now move on to my mom's favorite robot, Lockjaw. I think Lockjaw is, yes. Lockjaw is always, usually does well, but obviously it just needs to work on not smoking and getting stuck in the kill saws. But other than that, it's a good bot. I was going to call it the Jeff Gordon of BattleBots. It's going to be always in there, always. Even if it doesn't win, it's going to go down swinging. And you can never, it's kind of, you can really never rule out a deep run in the tournament because it's got got a really good package. It's got good driving, a decent weapon, reliability. It's iffy, but it tends to lean on the good side more often than not. And it's built very well. It's always a contender. It just, you can never really truly predict how deep it's going to go each season. I'm calling it now, I think Lockjaw wins it all this season. But it all depends as to whether or not it can get its reliability issues sorted out. But whether or not it wins or loses, there is one fact that we must all live with. You cannot outdrive Don Hudson. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've always been impressed. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of times when he also like drifts, and like I think one of my favorite fights of his was his against Black Dragon in the round of sixteen. I thought that was some really impressive driving. Great use of the forks too. 
I'm going back and forth between Hydra and Lockjaw getting fit this year. Although, if there was like a LCQ type spot in the Final Four where you're getting three S class robots in one robot that really held and showed up, that sort of had a, I guess, a late bloomer season, I guess you could say. Lockjaw, I'd say, is a very good lock for that spot. It could be a Final Four, but I'm not going to lose money over it. That's what I'm going to say. My biggest hope with Lockjaw, aside from it winning the nut, because that'd be great to see Don win another nut, is for it to get a toy deal. Like, all of Don's bots have been begging to get a toy deal, and, like, it's the only one that hasn't gotten one yet, so I hope we get some. Forgot to complain about that this year. Dang it. Did I tell you that uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, uh, we actually had, like, BattleBots night, and I got to drive the RC Dissector? That's awesome. <laughs> that is a fun robot to drive. Yeah, I was I awful at it. One. Oh, wow. It, that, good thing they take a beating for the most part. I used to drive Brandon's around a, a lot. It was fun to just drift it around and bounce it off of stuff. I did that. It took a beating for a good long time. Whew, looking over all of these robots is hard work, and so I figured the three of us are going to take a little break, and we'll be back soon. And we're back! And we start off with the robot that I am most excited about to see this season, and I don't care if this thing wins any fights or not. All I care about is the captain. I am talking about the new and improved Mad Catter. Alright. Like we got Mad Catter and a half? Like, two actual Mad Catters this season. Well, it has two weapon configurations. It has its lifter-spinner combination... Although, with the way the spinner is configured, it looks more like it could pin its opponent as well. And it also has the Kenta Kobashi-approved Burning Hammer. Oh, I forgot they put the two modules in the frame this time. I had to zoom in on that one. Yep. Somewhere Al Kindle is ready to sue this team for gimmick infringement. Uh. <laughs> I think he's got a good shot. Well, I'm really excited. To, I'm always excited to see Martin Mason. I love his persona that he puts on, whether it's in BattleBots or uh, the second season of King of Bots. So it's definitely going to be fun. I think they have a better chance because the way their frame's built, they don't have to worry about it separating. To repeat myself, I don't care if this thing wins or loses. I just want more Martin Mason on my television. Anybody that talks like a wrestler from 80s WWF or NWA is A-OK in my book. Ace Wrestler Persona plus plus Trippy Paint equals good time. I've called Martin Mason the big boss man of BattleBots because, well, he looks like the big boss man. Is the big boss man of BattleBots. He is a big boss man. <laughs> and if he goes full heel this season, we'll have big boss man behaving badly. That was like poetry. That's an alliteration record or something. It's a reference to another podcast that I listen to. I think Mad Catter will have a shot due to the weakened field, but we don't know where the chips are going to fall with them. But I will be rooting for them because I love me some Martin Mason, and when you give him a microphone, you got money. 
I think they will squeeze at least one win out. It's going to be a weird one, though. That's just it. It's going to be weird. I think they could do it. And now, let's move on to another new team for this year. And it's a bot that I saw a lot of in my Facebook feed. Malice. Okay, here you go. Big story time. What if I told you that Malice was responsible for my part of the Big Dills team lineup? No! How? Ooh, <laughs> you're in for a big story. I wish I could get Brandon on here to tell the full story of this, but here it goes. Essentially, at a league here in Maryland called Macro, which is all 3D printed robots, Brandon fought Mini Malice, which, by the way, is was the show. Not sure if it's going to be on TV or not, but it's there. And he ended up wiping the floor with Mini Malice. And the Malice team were so impressed that they are what got Brandon onto the big deal. That's awesome. Awesome. Yep. And right after this was announced, Brandon became the two-time and defending champion of Macro. Excellent. Good job on your brother, mate. I'll let him know you said that. If you may pardon the terrible pun... Well, it seems this relationship certainly got him in a real pickle. Oh, God. Uh, he's gonna hear that one. <laughs> hey, I'm old enough to be a dad so I can make dad jokes. Fair enough. <laughs> alright, alright. We've spent more time telling him about the story than about Malice. But, I have a question. How is that thing a horizontal drum spinner? Well, you see... That blade is super chonky, <laughs> and if you look on if you look on the Mad Catter on the left, you will see a bit of a similarity. And what they essentially did was take a weapon meant for vertical use and flip it on its side. Uh-huh. And it's actually a lot more effective than it sounds, believe it or not. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. I think they'll win at least one fight, but I don't know. Those wheels... They look incredibly vulnerable, and I feel that with that weapon and that force, it looks like it could be a glass cannon. Well, the mini one was a glass cannon. Oh, yeah, cannon. ODM and Animus were insane. I remember seeing them at Motorama, and they just, like, they're they're all over the place. So this this will be a really fun bot to watch, even if it's only going to, like, explode itself, which hopefully it doesn't. I want to see it explode some other bots. <laughs> I've talked about I actually my... think the opposite's going to happen. Uh, they're going to get, they're going to get, I think, a couple wins. Bubble contention, sure. Definitely a couple. Hey, one of my earliest memories of robot combat on YouTube was watching Ice Wave explode. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. So hey, they may entertain us in more ways than one this season. And now we move on to a robot that is always entertaining. A robot that my family has given several nicknames. My mom has called it the Pipe Bomb and the Tally Whacker. My dad calls it the Spank Machine. I call it the Paddle Wheel. But we all know and love it as Mammoth. Woo, Maryland team. And another team who I've met in person. We went to a couple of their parties last year. Thanks, Ricky, for holding those. Those were awesome, and I wish we could do them again one day. Yeah, um, I like this year's Mammoth, because if you've been following them online, they definitely have made some improvements, as I gotta say. Well, 
their lifter is now powered by an E-Tech, so there's some force behind that thing. They seem to have reinforced what little frame it has along with better protection for the electronics. Once again, I don't expect Mammoth to do too much this year, except entertain the hell out of us. They're a team that embodies one of my favorite quotes from Robot Combat, and that is from the legendary Kim Davies from Panic Attack, who said in Robot Wars Extreme, we're here to entertain, and that's what we're hoping to do. And really, isn't that what Robot Combat is all about? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's just a marvel to look at, like, I, I had the opportunity to see it in person at Motorama uh, earlier this year, and it was just, you can't really fathom just how big it is on TV. Just seeing it in person is just insane. Got a follow-up to that. Do you Have you seen Mammoth actually fight before, Nate? Um, before BattleBots? I mean, I think I might have seen the fights from the Robot Ruckus on YouTube, but Same. I did see when Ricky made like the smaller versions of it to like test it. And I didn't really think he'd try out for BattleBots, but I'm really glad he did, because he did a really good job with it. I've actually seen the Mammoth go full tilt before, both at one of Ricky's awesome parties and down in Orlando. And Mammoth fighting in person is something that everyone should experience at least once in their lives. Were it not for Corona-chan, I would have gone. True... I think their record is going to be more or less the same. I want them to do slightly better, though. But it wouldn't surprise me if their record ends up being the same as last year. In fact, I'd be kind of, in, I'd be really impressed, actually. Well, with how chaotic 2020 has been, anything can happen by this point. For moving on to the craziness of Mammoth to a bot that was made with Precision Engineer, we have P1. And I just want to put my foot down. Kenny, what the hell were you thinking when you called this thing's weapon a reverse flipper? It's a front-hinged flipper! Front-hinged flipper, damn it! P1 is one of those bots that, like, I really want to see it do well. It's got a really nice design. We don't really see typically see front hinge flippers anymore like from uh what i've seen from the few fights it had it was very fast so hopefully they're able to squeeze out a few wins this year it's a fast robot the fast robot but it all depends on the reliability i if they can sort those out i think they will do better this year especially with there being so many lifters in the field the success this year all depends on whether or not their robot agrees with the floor because that was their big undoing last year. Their robot was a bit too low to the ground, and they struggled with their drivetrain on what is effectively a very uneven battle box. Perfectly well put. Yeah. And as Jeremy Clarkson says, if a car like that can't pass the sleeping policeman test, then it's not road legal. That is perfect. Can we ever wait this long for a Jeremy Clarkson shout-out? <laughs> My family loves Jeremy Clarkson, myself included. Mm-hmm. He's very popular down here. I wouldn't expect anything less, but P1, I think they're going to have a much better season this time around. Back to the newcomers this time around. We have a robot with a Team Fortress 2 theme, Pain Train. And the gnarliest grill in the field to boot. I just love how grungy that disc looks. It's garage chic mixed with 
the kind of nuttery you only see in a 90s Hot Wheels. It very much has that built-in-a-New-York-City garage look to it. Yeah, yeah. My only real problem that I have with it is that the weapon is a bit too far in, and it doesn't have that much reach. So it's not going to be truly effective unless it gets in and underneath its opponents. And obviously, because it says that it was only... It was built within a month of filming, so hopefully the fact that it was built so close to filming doesn't affect it too much. So I, I hope it does well. I know Evan's bot, Shreddit Bro, has done really well at, like, Norwalk, and I know it did pretty well at Motorama as well. So hopefully his um, small bot skills translate into big bot skills as well. I think they're going to be doing a little bit of compensating for, as uh, Nate pointed out, the weapon being so recessed is going to limit how they can attack their opponents. So it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle for them, at least at first. But it looks pretty good for Bot Built in the month, so I I just hope they don't get blown to pieces. Also, since we're reading off their team pages, I have to love what they put down for their favorite tool, the hammer. It's a tool used to destroy and to build. No, that's a Jeremy Clarkson joke waiting to happen. <laughs> The way it's written is more Mitch Hedberg. My favorite tool is a hammer because you can destroy shit with it and then you can build it back up again. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Another new team this year, but I should use the word new in quotes, is Perfect Phoenix. And boy, does this machine have its lineage. Other Nate, you want to tell the good people where it came from? So it was originally one of Paul Ventimiglia's bots called Brutality, and then it was bought by Tyler's mom and given to Ray Billings, who basically gave it new life, and it's now a new entry in BattleBots. So even though Paul isn't here, one of his former bots is here, so he's sort of there in spirit. Damn it, Nate, you took away what I was going to say. Sorry. What more is there to say? I mean, there's obviously more to say, but you know what I mean. Damn it. You have a machine... Built by Paul Ventimiglia, retooled by Ray Billings, driven by the Doom Kid. If that America's greatest robot prodigy. If that isn't the most dangerous combination, I do not know what will be. I think Perfect Phoenix could make the top 32 with that combination alone, because if Tyler can adjust to driving a heavyweight... He's a lock. It'll do exactly what Tyler's been doing his whole career in shocking the holy loving hell out of everybody. That is my prediction, plain and simple. Shock and awe. Don't laugh at the fact that it's captained by two kids. This thing can really mess you up. My biggest worry, though, if things go awry, that it goes out like Biohazard. I didn't need to be reminded of that, but now that's gonna be all I'm gonna be thinking about on Thursday. On that Thursday, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll do decently well. Obviously, because like the the meta is like vertical spinners with forks. So as soon as it comes up against one of those, I don't think it's gonna fare very well. I mean, I hope I'm proven wrong, but well, I think it could make the top thirty-two. But yeah, it's those vertical spinners I worry about. Same here. Speaking of uh, vertical spinners, that brings us to Rampage. I don't really have anything to say about this other than it's chocolate-flavored bite force. 
I, I love that. That's that should be their like team. Well, no, it shouldn't be their team motto, but I think chocolate covered butt force is a good way to call it. But yeah, it looks like a. It says that they competed for five years. I'm not familiar with the team, but I don't know how it's going to do. I'm going to be honest, like maybe uh, one in three. Looks like all the weight is at the front. So it looks like it's going to drive kind of weird, to be honest, because it's two wheels. But I could be wrong. I don't know. From what I have been told about Rampage, uh, this thing is a brick. You see that side paneling? That thing looks like it could take some hits. Chocolate-covered garage chic bite force. With extra front overhang for good measure. Looks like it could take a couple hits or two, like all things considered. I do not have high hopes for drivability and maneuverability. That's just me. Yeah, you need four wheels for this kind of spinner. And having two at the rear, it's going to have steering issues. But I at least give the Knox family credit for at least trying something. And as I've been saying through all this, I want to see him again. For sure. Absolutely. And now we come to a returning team and a robot that last year I thought was a joke entry, but one that I was pleasantly surprised by. It's Ribot. Rest in peace, Foam. They were gonna go full joke until they ran afoul of standards and practices from what I remembered. What? But, uh, we'll talk though. They were supposed to put, like, fake blood in there or something, or, like, fake blood paint. <laughs> What? Get up, it would look red. <laughs> it's apparently canon according to Brandon. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the standards and practices were like, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> Instead, we got home carnage instead. What a disgusting yet awesome joke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wish they'd done it. Hey kids, you ever dissected a frog before? Well, now you can see one dissected live on BattleBots. Oh, the laughs we would have had. That's exactly what they were going for. Do <laughs> 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 they take it away, please? <laughs> We oh got- no, no, I'm really excited to see it. It's got it's got the modular design, which is always fun. Obviously, they looked like a jo- joke pop, but they did pretty well last year. And I don't know, I really, wa- I really want to see them make the top 32. They're a really fun bot, really fun team. Their college's mascot is a goat, so they decided to build a frog. They're going to do better than last year. They're going... Nope, nope, not going to make a joke about the frog gore. They're going to go into the top 32... And, well, frankly, after that, it's anybody's guess. I think Ribot is in good hands. This team competes at the Norwalk Havoc events, which I have been to several, and there are a lot of extremely lethal robots that fight in that box at that event. And Ribot is definitely one that you should always keep an eye on. Yep, that's pretty much been their MO since they started. Moving on to a robot that... I'm honestly shocked did as well as it did last year. In fact, you could say that it overcame the odds and expectations, and that is Rotator. Is it weird to say that everything you just said justifies that pose? Oh, definitely. Although, can we talk about how much it sucks to lose, to beat Tombstone, but not make the top 16? 
Like, ouch. Irony is, I think most of that was their fault. I think because they went with the double disc setup that they were having trouble with, and they were fighting Blacksmith, which is an absolute, you know, tank of a robot. So I don't know how much more they could have done, except maybe, like, gone with the single um, blade. You know, that was something I think they should have done as well. Well, do they have the double disc configuration this year or no? I have no idea. They might have said it on their Facebook, though. I have no idea. Regardless of whether they have it or not, Rotator does have one thing that it does well. Rotator is a tank. Rotator is a spinner that can not only dish out hits, but can take them, too. And I think it could be a dark horse. Dare I say I think this thing makes the top eight this year. You know, I was just about to say that. They're going to the top eight because they have a really good strategy. They got the reliability down pat. They don't really need luck anymore to really go anywhere. Although they did have a tendency to blow fights last year. But, you know, like all lifters we've gone through, look at all the bots you point out that are definitely vulnerable to a bot like Rotator. I think they're going to do really well this year. Top eight. I think whoever may beat them will go on to win the championship. Considering how hard Rotator had to fight with a broken chassis last year, and going in this year, knowing that it hasn't had those issues, Rotator is ready to make some noise, and I think they could cause some serious upsets. One of my favorite fights of last year that nobody really talks about was Rotator versus Death Roll, simply because Rotator just got tossed about Yet it never, ever broke down in that single fight. It held on until the end, and you have to respect that from a robot that takes that much punishment. Oh, absolutely. And so we move on from a tank to... Um... I don't know what this is. It's art. <laughs> it's art. I was going to say... It's, it's the best part here, honestly. Art? I don't know. The Thomas the Tank Engine bot? I don't know. Kind of looks like it, though. <laughs> I mean, it does look like it's going to get its own, like, children's television series of some sort. Shoot, like, I was just thinking that. Like, that would be really awesome. Like Wally's cousin or something. But, yeah, I love this spot. And if you don't love it, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, we're talking about Rusty. <sighs> this thing... It is going to be torn to pieces. It is not going to win any fights. And I love this thing. I am actually expecting it to win at least one fight against some opponent that just underestimates it and gets, like, loses in the most, like, ridiculous way possible. Like, maybe it tears off the arm and gets high-centered on it. <laughs> and then, like, it'll be the greatest underdog story of all time. <laughs> I want this to win a fight. If it doesn't win a fight, I will consider every hour of BattleBots Season 5, like, wasted. I'm hyping it up way too much. It'll be my downfall, but I'm sorry. I want this thing to do well. Oh my god, this thing. It's just, you have to admire all the effort that David Eaton put into this thing. Like, he just 
turns up with this thing that he looks like he built in a scrapyard with that kitchen-made mixing bowl on its head. I was going to say that <laughs> um, pretty much your record prediction is spot on. I don't see this thing winning a fight, but it's going to be... It's going to lose like a champ, if that makes any oh, it does. sense. It does. Yeah, it's going to lose like a champ. We're going to love it. And because I've already laughed enough tonight, my spleen's going to be a hurting when it happens. You poor thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rusty. I think it says a lot about this robot when several other teams on this website have it listed as their favorite robot. Oh, ab- oh, absolutely. There's just so much charm in how it was built. Like, you don't see builds like this anymore. I was gonna say, even if it does lose, can we preserve it and just put it, just use it as a TV show prop? Or just put it in a museum, like, honestly, honestly. An art museum. Shoot, you're right. Fly down here to Baltimore and we'll put it in the uh, American... Uh, was it Visionary Art Museum or whatever? No. Put it next to the Mona Lisa. No spot is worthy. <laughs> There's no other spot worthy. It has to go there. <laughs> That's awesome. If there's any art museums in Antioch, Illinois, please take this thing and put it on a nice pedestal. I mean, if something can get in an art museum, then so can this bot. <clears throat> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that does it for Rusty, the little diesel robot sponsored by Hope Prayers and whatever is available. Next, we move on to one of my picks for the Giant Nut this year and a bot that has become one of my absolute favorites. It's the return of the almighty Jameson Go. And Sawblaze. Ah, Sawblaze looking a little bit less like Gravedigger this season. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where to put them because on one one hand, you do make a good case for them making at least a Final Four. But on the other hand, it's just going to be something. There's going to be something that's going to jump up and derail everything. I don't know what it is or when it's going to come up, but it happens. It happened last year, happened the year before that. I need to see something extra. I think they've got a really good shot. Like last year, they had two losses, but the two losses were to the runner-up and another top four bot that lost to the champ. So I'm thinking this is top four material. And I know Jameson won Motorama this year with Megatron. He definitely learned a lot from his win this year, so I think he's he might be able to apply some of those things for the 30-pounder and bring it over to the uh, heavyweight. True, true, true. The technology transfer definitely will add something this year. But I think they are going to need a little bit of luck. I think they've ironed out all the gremlins this year that they're going to make a deep run. And it's mostly because... JMO does not mess around as a driver. As we saw in his oh, fight absolutely. with Ribot last year and its fight against Son of Waiachi, when Jameson Go has you, he is not letting go. Now he's got me thinking of a Ribot and Sawblaze matchup. I that, really, really want to see happen now. 
That happened last year. Ribot got absolutely I demolished. I loved it. I loved it. I want to see it again. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe we'll have some basement tapes that will feature MIT versus WPI. Yeah, brother. And so we move on from high tech to a bot that was built in a scrapyard featuring one of my favorite roboteers of all time, a man who I have had the joy of talking with on multiple occasions. And by golly, I want to see what he does next. It's Ed Robinson and Sharko. And for president. Oh, wait a minute. We're not doing that anymore. Oops. It's such a... Yeah. It's such a beautiful bot. I think... I'm fully expecting it to get drawn against Rusty. Honestly, they're two of the most beautiful bots here. And you can really see the, like, the homemade, you know, made-in-the-garage type of bot that it is. So I'm really excited to see it. You can't see me doing this from behind the camera, or at least unless you have your turned on, but I am squeeing with happiness over Sharko and Rusty fighting each other. With everything that Ed has gone through this year, I'm sure going to the filming and finally getting to show Sharko in front of a broad audience on television, it must have been cathartic for him. Oh, absolutely. Wasn't it partially crowdfunded? It was. Oh, nice. Someone's going to confirm in the comments below. If you know if it's crowdfunded, uh, drop a comment, please. I actually don't know that either. For a bot that is effectively an art bot, Sharko, in every appearance, has always done surprisingly well. And I think even if it doesn't make the top 32, Ed's going to put up a fight in every single battle he fights. And good on him mm-hmm. for that. Ed, we love you, and we await what you do next. Mm-hmm. I love this tenacity when he fought, um, what was it, Warhead? Yeah, Warhead. Yeah, I love that tenacity. And I want to see more of it this year. Hashtag pray for Ed. And from the deep depths of the ocean onto the football pitch, we now have perhaps the most aesthetically pleasing robot in the battlefield, Shatter. One of the loudest bots at Robot Ruckus. Also, I may have tried getting something I own painted like Shatter. It's gorgeous this year. Oh, absolutely. It's gonna. I'm really excited to see. Well, I mean, I'm excited to see like every bot, but Shatter is such a beautiful bot. I love watching it drift around the arena. Win or lose, it's always a fun bot to watch. If they can get their hammer working fully this year, this is top 16 material. They're perhaps the best hammer bot in the entire field. And that armor, oh my god, it looks like a stained glass window, and I love it. Absolutely love it. It looks like it's cel-shaded on the website picture. I was gonna say, I think they got the hammer sorted for this year. I'm willing to bet money that they have the thing sorted this year. They're my favorite hammer bot in BattleBots. They're going to have a good year. Top 32, top 16, and they're going to get a top 8 spot. I hope they get a top 8 spot because they deserved it last year. And they're going to have a great time this year. And I love, I just want to see my big old loud slammy drifty boy do well. With those Mechanum wheels, anything is possible. And I also have to give them props for their uh, Bots FC ascots. Which I gotta say are just 
Class-tacular. Indeed, and I don't even like soccer. I'm sorry to all our British fans out there, but I've tried watching football soccer, and it just bores me. If you want to see the ideal version of soccer, just watch hockey instead. <laughs> you may or may not have just completely... You may or may not have completely alienated your entire British audience, so I'm really, I'm really sorry to hear about that. Well, I'll Anime tell you, sweat beat intensifies. Well, I'll tell you one robot that's not alienating anybody. It is the returning Scorpios. Returning under new management this year, Zach Lytle has the controls full-time. I really hope that Scorpio takes the next step this year, because... In all of their fights, they have always looked good, but something always goes wrong that prevents them from getting into the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. That's pretty much been the story of their career. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah, I mean, on two seasons in a row, they were on the verge of making the top 16, but they just didn't make it. So hopefully uh, this is their year. I think they've got a good shot. I do too. It all depends on who they face and whether or not the driving is up to snuff. Because they were shockingly upset by Uppercut last year, and when that happened, I just went, Oh my god, Scorpios, man. Didn't expect that to happen. But Scorpios, I think with this field they might have a shot, but we'll see. Something always goes wrong for this team, and I hope that is not the case this year. I'm going to bring back the our old friend, the Opportunity Door, which is open, and yet you got to walk through it. I can only show you the door, Scorpios. It is up to you to drive through it. Perfect. Up next, the robot with the best paint job in the entire show. It is the newcomer, Slapbox. AKA are Pit Neighbors and Robot Ruckus Orlando. And also, clearly going for the 90s children's play area at the mall that is <laughs> probably still open today. Look, it's a bot that I've been waiting to see on BattleBots ever since we met the team. Wonderful people. They were a blast to pit next to last year. And yeah, it's definitely a throwback in more ways than one. Much like the big dill, I get panic attack vibes from this. And, my god, I just love this paint scheme. Like, the first grade art project vibe from it, I get with that paint job. It looks like it was sponsored by DZ, Discovery Zone. I was gonna say, well, (laughs) I was gonna say either that or or a local daycare, because I've got woo... Throwback vibes. Them daycare days vibes, man. I'm really excited to see them perform. Um, my dad and I are friends with the team. Uh, we've like we've been pitted next to each other a few times, and we've seen them at a lot of NERC events. And I know they did really well with a similar bot in the sportsman class at Motorama and NERC Franklin Institute. So I think these guys have a good shot at doing well. I'm obviously just worried about how they're going to handle some of the really tough spinners out there. You mentioned that, Nate, because I'm looking at the side plates, I like the bit of hollow space they have in those side plates. They can withstand a lot more hits as opposed to if they were just solid. And I think just that minute detail may give them some extra durability, but we'll see. 
I miss Stinger, aka Sewer Snake, from the previous seasons, and I'm hoping that Slapbox can sort of fill that void if it does well. You know, I hadn't considered that until you brought that up. That is a good observation. But that said, given how many control bots we have in this field, it's going to have some tough competition. Like our next robot. Oh boy. It's Slamo. Slamo. By the way, there is for once no lawnmower outside to either punctuate the situation or ruin it depending on your perspective. Craig Danby. I just have one request. Craig, break the memes this year. You have been a punchline in the robot combat community for far too long. We know what you can do engineering-wise, but every time you've been on television, you've always been dealt a bad hand. I want you to prove to the robot combat world that you are no laughing matter. I want you to go out there and get him. I want Slamo to do well, because damn it, I want Craig to win for a change. It did, uh, it did reasonably well at Robot Rockets, from what I remember, and it certainly doesn't look like it was made too compact in comparison to all of to some of Craig's other bots. So I'm hoping he's able to get a few wins and, you know, sort of just, just do really well. I'm hoping that this will be the Danby bot that finally breaks through, doesn't pull a Quinn half and just cause problems or get a bad draw and go up against something that'll blow it to pieces. I want it to actually pull a mammoth from last year. And that is, I want to see this thing run full tilt grab a bot, and just plunk it behind the screws. Just a little dab over the screws. That's what I want to see. The team page says that Slamo is the suplex machine, and I can't wait for you to be sued by Taz. I was going to say, cue the wrestling music, of which there is none. Yeah, Taz does uh, not take kindly to gimmick infringement. I do love the bio favorite tool randy favorite robot <laughs> paul ventimiglia <laughs> craig did me man i really want craig to go full heel this season like he did in robot wars please please robot gods allow this please robot gods allow craig to show what he's made of. And with that, let's do the chant. Good, Good luck, luck Craig. Craig. And that is all we have to say about that. Now we move on to another newcomer and a bot that I have seen fight live, in the Beatles anyway. It is Smee. Oh. I can't wait for Farouk to struggle to say this thing. Struggle? You mean Schmee? No, you don't need to worry about you don't need to worry about Farouk. It's Chris and Kenny and Jenny I'm a bit worried about. You're a Smee. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all know Chris can't sing. I can't wait for this. Oh, I've seen the Beetleweight version of Smee fight, and let me tell you something. Its design is unorthodox, but it is incredibly effective. Brandon, 
hardcore kid, he struggles against this thing. The only way he beat it was that he got a lucky hit it and he flipped it upside down. Guess what problem they solved last year? In the Beatles, anyway. And they also have an attachment to deal with uh, other spinners as well, because Smee... The way it gets you is that it traps and it smothers your bot. And it works on the beetle weights. On the heavies, this thing's gonna do a Kit Kat bar. And why'd you have to beat me to our most cleverest reference plug of the night? (laughs) Honestly, what I'm most excited about for Smee is seeing Chris and Kenny's reaction when it first fights. Cause I remember in season three, when huge first fought Chris and Kenny were in absolute awe. And it's something that like my dad and I still talk about. So like just seeing it in the arena for the first time, is just honestly just going to blow everyone's mind. And that's no matter how it does, that's what I'm really excited about. I question the durability because that front wedge is articulated this time around so it can effectively strangle its foes like an actual snake hence why their favorite robot is snake not solid snake it marks Satrakian snake except this one is a lot more practical it does have undercutters on the side but those are more of a just for show weapon in my humble opinion for sure for sure i'm not gonna lie though memes and singing and bad singing aside I actually don't expect a whole lot out of this robot, but it'll it'll put on a show. We'll get to see it at least circle around um, something at least once. It's the Zack Sabre Jr. of robot combat this year. It's just going to completely strangle you, put you in holds, and make you submit. Unfortunately, there is no tapping out in BattleBots, so at the very least, it'll probably take some bots the distance, but... Building up scales of smaller weight classes either goes really well or not so much, but I wish Joseph all the best. I really admire Smee for its uniqueness, although, as he told me at Norwalk Havoc, he has never seen Red Dwarf, so the name of the robot is not a Red Dwarf reference. Is it a Disney reference, of all things? I did not ask him that. I'm sure somebody will point it out, but I don't know. And after three newcomers, we move on to the returning Son of Waiachi. I thought this thing was not coming back this year. Oh, I knew it was coming back. It's Sal. I don't remember. I think... Didn't they just, like, hold it first last time. minute or something, I guess? I, think... I mean, it's not like, oh, they had, a, they had another heavyweight ready to go. It's just, oh, COVID's happening. Can you, uh... Bring back Son of Waiachi. Yeah, sure. All right, here's Son of Waiachi. Paint job looks last minute, I'll say. Yeah, I don't really think we have much to say about this other than it's Son of Waiachi. It will do Son of Waiachi things. Sal's going to do Sal things this year. Except I think it will succeed in doing more Sal things than years past. That is due to the weekend field, of course. In fact, I had Sal either going to the top eight or the top four uh, for this year. Because and all you need to do is just carve, quite literally, carve a, carve a path for themselves. They'll be golden. However, 
I do hope they don't have to carve through their teammates to get there. You know what I'm saying? I never like it whenever they pit the Waiachi team members against each other. I feel that it's unfair to them. Yep. Make like the offspring and keep them separated. Perfect. I'm expecting it to have a few wins, but then ultimately lose to like a uh, spinner killer like previous years. But other than that, I think it's going to do all right. I think Team Waiachi has sort of moved beyond Sao, which is pretty much why they brought Fusion. It's sort of an evolution of Son of Waiachi, but I feel they just... I feel they just brought in Sao to fill up a space. No, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Reasonable, at least given the optics of said robot. We'll see, but as I said, I think if Waiachi has at least one more good run, it can retire peacefully. And now, let's move on to another control bot in the field, and... One that is fighting for a good cause, Sporkanok. Oh yeah, it looks really cool. I love, I don't know, it's just like like a really cool scorpion-like design. I love just like the, the silliness of uh, it being a spork. I'm really excited to see this one. I just like the fact that it's named after a really cool G1 Transformer, Scorpionok. Oh yeah, it's a really good reference. Oh, I actually didn't know that. That is news to me. Yeah, Scorponok, uh, for those out there who know nothing about Transformers, Scorponok was a late G1 Transformer. It was massive, it could turn into a base, and, as its name implies, a Scorpion. Also, it was a Headmaster, so it was two separate units, and its Headmaster, Black Zarek, was actually a villain in Japanese G1. That's me being a Transformers nerd. I need to ask my personal Transformers nerd, my buddy James, about that. On an aesthetic level, the more I look at this thing, the aesthetics make me think that it's a Power Wheels vehicle. I actually... I shoot, I see about that. that. Now I cannot see it. Thanks. It has that big little Tykes car energy to it. <laughs> big little Tykes car energy. Yeah, and I don't mean that as an insult. It's just, the more I look at the shape, the more it reminds me of it. I love the configuration it has with its wheels, though. Like, four wheels at the back. Okay, double layer wheels, that's interesting. But let's put a little space between them, so you knock one off, you still got two more. And the rest of them are hidden within the back of the robot. So, for a newcomer, this is surprisingly well-built. And depending on how the luck of the draw goes for Sporkanok, they could potentially be top 32 material. Yeah, well, just a bit of a correction. It's actually, uh, the team captain Lilith has been um, doing it for quite a while. This is just her first entry into BattleBots. Well, when we say newcomer, we mean new to the show. Right, right, right. Oh, Elsa design actually kind of reminds me of now with the wheels. It reminds me of one of those robots in Robot Arena 2 that becomes super hard to beat and you have to hit it a bunch of times in a very specific spot to beat it i'm hoping they can carry that energy into the tournament and speaking of robots that i hope carry some energy into the tournament we go to the returning sub-zero a team that was dealt an awful awful hand last season it was dealt the worst hand i'd say yeah, having your first fight against Cobalt and then just getting 
absolutely wrecked near beyond repair. What an awful way to start the season. Yeah, that's that's dirty. They definitely got done dirty yeah, last yeah. year. And it's sad because it looks like the Sub-Zero team have finally figured out their design. Yeah, this Sub-Zero team, they are not hashing around. This could be a bot that, honestly, I wish could have challenged Bronco last year. Just as Hydra got a shot at Bronco. Because it got good maneuverability. They got a lot of power in that flipper. And they actually can put matches together. We saw what they could do last year against P1 when they chucked it out of the arena. If they had not been pitted against Cobalt at the last minute, I think Sub-Zero could have snuck into the top 16. Mm Mm-hmm. You got it. I really think that this is the year Sub-Zero finally breaks out of being an undercard bot and makes some noise. They've got all the tools they need to succeed. A powerful weapon, good maneuverability, and a great driver in their new team captain, Logan Davis. I think this will be the year Sub-Zero proves themselves as a contender. Before you guys give your thoughts, I just want to say this team has excellent taste in robots. Because... Their favorite robot they have listed is the Goof Custom from Gundam, the 8th MS team. And I give them all the props in the world for a very, very deep cut from the world of mecha anime. Like, they could have gone with the Wing Gundam or the Seed Astray or the Gundam Barbados, but they not only went with a UC mecha, but a UC mech that not many people know about. And I love that, and if you watched the 8th MS team, the Goof custom is a beast! Holy deep cut slash show tie-in, Batman. I really want to see it do well. I mean, it had a rough season, but at least got to get uh, one nice KO of P1 by throwing it out of the arena, so I thought that was great. And so we move for a robot that I have big plans for to a robot that you could say has small ambitions. It's... Tantrum! Can I just say, I've always enjoyed the aesthetic of Tantrum, the world's angriest robot. (laughs) It just, it looks like they have finally perfected their design this year. Because last year, its punching spinner was a good idea in concept, but I feel was kind of lacking in the execution because of its reach. This year, though, it looks like they finally figured out how to make it work by angling it downward. And also, they've got War Machine flamethrowers on the top of it with their almighty fists. I was gonna say, they got the 80s beef almighty fist this year. Actually kind of matches the pseudo-80s look of the whole robot. I don't know how well Tantrum is gonna do this year. I think, though, that this will be the year that they finally prove to us that their crazy ideas are finally going to pay off. From what we've seen in the fight preview, we are seeing Tantrum do its thing, and who knows, they may surprise us a little this season, but Tantrum to me is always one of those bots like Mammoth, where it's something different, and it may not win a lot of fights, but my god do I love to watch that little thing. They're definitely in the habit of putting on the show, whether it was by 
losing the tombstone, unfortunately, or all their fights last year. They put on a really good show the past couple of years, and I expect more of the same. Will he do better? Uh, maybe a little bit. All I know is they're really going to put on a show, and they're going to dish out some moments. Yeah, they do have a good shot. I know they did pretty decently at a King of Bots, and I'm really liking the new design. It feels like a hybrid between the previous two designs, so hopefully it does well. I hope it does well. It's a very small ambition. It's very small but subtle. And now we move on to a robot that is the opposite of everything subtle. The return of the King of Kinetic Energy. The biggest heel in all of BattleBots. It is the return of Ray Billings and Tombstone. I don't think we need to say anything about Tombstone. It's just, it's Tombstone. Like, it's gonna spin, it's gonna cut robots into bits, Ray's gonna cackle. It's all you need to say about Tombstone. I'm gonna say is, bad to the bone. And yeah, Tombstone, Final Four lock easily, all day, every day. I know, bold pick, right? Easily. If not the Final Four, then close to it. Although with what it had to go through last year, I think its window of opportunity might be closing. But even if Ray underperforms this season, he's one of those builders who has nothing to prove. You know what was weird? I thought about that when, like, months ago before the pandemic, but now with the field changes, I'm like, actually, Ray's back in the game. Suddenly, he's, like, with Bite Force gone and in the reduced field and most of the newcomers being lifters and uh, grabbers, I think Ray's definitely got a real good shot at backing up his 2016 performance. Well... Time will tell for this season. Also, I want to give a shout out to whoever that extra they got off the set of Mad Max is with their team this year. Oh yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's Roy. For like years, he's done like announcing at robot events. Like the first Motorama I ever went to, he was there. His gimmick is that he would use wear like a full set of armor, and it looked awesome. And he was uh, he's also a really funny guy. So yeah, and I love the outfit he has here. It looks really cool. Like sort of feel like you hit the nail on the head with Tombstone, where he doesn't really have anything to prove. No matter how well he does, even if he like he loses early, he's still the bot that everyone's afraid of. Like he doesn't need to prove anything. He's just gonna go out there and wreck some bots. And he's the one roboteer social media loves to hate, and we wouldn't have it any other way. One last bit about Roy. I love that mask that he has. That is. Oh yeah, that looks really cool. That is such a cool mask. Not my favorite mask I've seen, real or fictitious. My favorite mask will always be, and you can do a Google search for this, Google Gary Bromley goalie mask. That thing is horrifying. Oh my god. I just looked it up. It's terrifying. I would not want to play hockey with that guy. Against that guy, at least. <laughs> but oh! Thanks. But from the King of Kinetic Energy to boys who are trying to prove themselves as BattleBots royalty, it's Tracer. Cheers, love. The cavalry's here. Okay, got that one out of the way. It looks re- it looks really nice. I don't know how it's going to do. 
obviously if they utilize the multibot well and you know like have it high center the opponent and then whack it with the spinner um i think it could surprise a few people it's all right i guess i think the name's better than the package i don't know it looks kind of mid-pack to me maybe they'll do marginally better than the uh, last great multibot last great in quotations gemini but yeah it's a mid-packer for sure i don't really see how this thing can win more than two fights other than luck because you really have to be well coordinated to use a mini bot no that's really true it definitely takes a lot of coordination Plus, the shape of it, while I give them kudos for originality, is rather odd. Because you've got a completely flat front with two little wedgelets underneath it with a rounded back. I don't even know how this thing is supposed to self-right. It looks like a bit of a chungus, in my opinion. Yeah, that's Tracer. I give them props for having a cool design, but in this field, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that I am very sorry for calling this thing a joke bot and saying that I didn't think it was going to do well. And boy, did it surprise me. It's the return of Uppercut. Welcome back, Uppercut. I did not expect this thing Uh, to do well last year, and I am so glad that I was wrong. Alex Hattori, he's built himself an unorthodox beast of a machine. It's a two-wheel drive vert spinner, but it is so precisely driven. And it's not even like it got lucky hits either. It hit its opponents in just the right place. The only thing that stopped it from doing better was Bite Force causing it to do the thing. I was going to say, I think they underperformed pretty much solely due to Bite Force. Uh, and with Bite Force gone... I think they're going to flourish like weeds and old urban concrete sidewalk. Definitely top eight material. For all I've known, from what I've heard on social media, they're probably going to surprise people and sort of backdoor, quote unquote, their way into the final four. I don't know how they're going to do. I was really impressed with their performance last year. I don't know. I mean, this is like now their second year with a heavyweight bot, to my knowledge, so... They've definitely learned a lot, and I hope, you know, do really well. Yeah, I do too. I just worry that, like Black Dragon, they're going to pull them on soon, and because they finished in the top 16, they're going to have a bit of a tougher schedule, so this is the year they're going to have to prove themselves. And speaking of bots that I feel need to prove themselves, God bless them, Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie. I like their aesthetic this year. It really looks like they went to the uh, drawing board. They went back to the drawing board in terms of the aesthetics, and they really cleaned it up. And their new weapon, it looks beefy. The way I described the aesthetic, like, it already looked like a stealth bomber beforehand, but with all the extra details and paint they added this year, and this is another 600 IQ Nate reference, it looks like a VF-17 Nightmare from Macross 7. Which is one of the few good things about that show, because I found Macross 7 to be tedious, but that is neither here nor there. Um, Valkyrie, it always seems like they're always one step away from being truly elite, 
but then something happens to them, either a bad draw, or they just get unlucky, or the judge's decision just doesn't go their way. I don't know, like, I'm tempted to put Valkyrie on the prove-it list, and I don't want to do that, because I love just how Valkyrie looks, I love its undercutter, I've met Leanne and her team in person, they're great people, but I really feel that Valkyrie is a machine with something to prove going into this year. I'm going to say put on the prove-it list, because that's more or less what I'm going to say. They're a great team, they can take some hit. they can really dish out some hits, but last year, they drew Will Bales, which pretty much derailed their chances at going far. And the year before that, they had a lot of reliability problems. Basically, opportunity door. They just, it's open. They just got to sort their stuff out and walk through it. That's pretty much it. No, I just, as long as they work on their reliability issues, I think they can do well. I feel like worst case scenario for them, to be honest, is just being in the same position as they were last year. They were on the verge of making the top 16. Hopefully they can take that next step because two years in a row they've entered really good looking bots and for whatever reason their luck just hasn't fallen in their favor. But hopefully the third time is the charm for them and hopefully the first time is the charm for this next robot. A bot whose name is one of the biggest trolls in bot history, it's War Easy. Or is it War Easy Juarez? Uh... Oh, it says in the interesting fact, War Easy. So yeah, the first time was right. Okay. Actually, it is Juarez. (laughs) According According to Brandon from The Big Deal, one of the team members' names is Juarez. So, canonically, is Juarez. That said, it's also War Easy, but it's also Juarez. <laughs> or as I have come to dub it, cherry-flavored Hypershock. Why did you call it Snap-On Hypershock? Because it looks like something from a Snap-On Tools calendar. It's decked out in devil's colors, so props on the paint job. I love the go-kart uh, tires. Look to be ex-Hypershock units. I love that look, by the way. That's why I said Snap-on Tools calendar. I really hope that we get to see War as... <clears throat> excuse me. War Easy versus <laughs> Hypershock this season. I kind of want them to be Hypershock's first fight. If that happened, that's, that'd be the automatic... That'd probably be one of the best episodes of the season for me right then and there. Hey, any opportunity for Will Bales to be Will Bales is A-OK. I'm interested to see how it does. I honestly don't know. If they have, like, interchangeable front ends, then I think that'll be the, um, that'll definitely help them out. My biggest worry is fighting, like, maybe, like, a horizontal, because it looks like the front armor, it doesn't really extend too far out. So one, like, glancing blow could just tear off the front tires, but we'll see what happens. I feel its problems are going to be in reliability, but construction, but we'll have to see how the cards play out. But one robot that is always reliable, always well-driven, and is always a favorite for the top 16, it is the return of the Vazquez's with Whiplash. Welcome back, Whiplash, with their special Black Dragon wheels. By the way, are extremely expensive. They're what, like $300 each or something like that? Or more, I think? 
More than oh, that. Damn. You have to get them custom made to your robot and it takes a long time and there and of course that's not counting shipping from Brazil. Is it just me or does it look smaller than last year with a bigger disc? I think so cuz I think I think they may have changed out uh the may have switched materials on the frame. I might be correct, I'm not sure. Looks like they might have gone with a stronger frame, but I'm not sure. It's slightly smaller. Uh, I can tell from the blade looks bigger, lifting arm looks bigger, front and rear. And I think the wheelbase is probably, this is just from what I can tell here, uh, looks to be about two inches shorter. I mean, the width is still the same, but the wheelbase is two inches shorter. You're quite approximate with your measurements, Justin. Let's just say I have a way to get better measurements, but I can't say them here. I don't think there's much we can say about Whiplash other than it's going to be well-driven, it's going to do Whiplash things and give robots its signature spinning back fist, and hopefully it goes all the way. I think it's going to do well. The only thing standing in its way are definitely like the meta robots, you know, like Witch Doctor and Tombstone. But other than that, I don't really think there's much that can stand in its way, making at least the top four. Speaking of Witch Doctor, take it away, Nate. And that brings us to the end, finally, to Witch Doctor. And I don't think there's really much we can say. It's almost the same design as last year, but it looks a lot more squat. The weapon is still sticking out. It's got that uh, ribcage Shremek. And I love the little details on its skeletal cage this year. That neon green Kirby crackle it has on the ribcage. I was going to say, it does look like they changed a lot if anything this year which i think is overall a good thing because they had a really good setup last year to be bite force weren't for bite force and his bite force plot armor quote unquote i kind of wish witch doctor had won it last year and i really 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 hope they seal the deal this year granted i think they're gonna have to go through tombstone not bite force to do it but I really want them to seal the deal this year. Although Sam Elliott pointed something out in his preview, and that is the curse of second place. With the exception of Tombstone, every robot that has come second in BattleBots has struggled the following season. I disagree that it's a curse. Like, Bombshell and Minotaur both went through, like, huge redesigns. Especially Bombshell, because it was like a completely different bot, but Minotaur was at least somewhat similar to its predecessor. But if you look at um, Witch Doctor, both versions of Witch Doctor side by side, they're mostly identical. So it's less a complete rebuild and more just a refinement on the previous design. So as long as they've worked out some of those reliability gremlins, I think they're honestly my pick to win. Me too. If you're going to win... You better do it now. It's either going to be them or Tombstone calling it now. I have my own picks for the final four, but to do that would take another hour, and we are already three hours into the recording. But with Witch Doctor, we are done with the field this year. Thank goodness. Even without the international entries and some teams not returning, I think this is going to be a very interesting field. We've said that it's a weaker field without certain robots, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad field. There's a lot of interesting designs and some interesting teams on display this year, and I think the combination of newcomers and returning veterans, I think this is a wide-open field for the giant nut. But if you had to pick your final four on the spot, who you got? Let's see. Woodstock, their tombstone, uh, Whiplash, Hypershock. Other Nate? Those were mine, but I think I might swap out Hypershock for either Lockjaw or Sawblaze. Mine looks like this. Witch Doctor, Lockjaw, Whiplash, and Sawblaze. But with all the bots this year... I feel that this is a season where anything can happen, and I think we're going to see a lot of really big upsets. Who knows, maybe some bots that were in the Final Four last year may not even make it past the second round. I do love how we all got Witch Doctor and Whiplash into the Final Four. Well, the reason I picked all three is because Don Hudson, Matt Vasquez, and Mike Galately are all great drivers. And that, to me, is the deciding factor in what gets a bot to the final four, and that's great driving. Oh, absolutely. It's No matter how good you're about it, it's going to come down to the driving. True. Good driving does tend to win fights and battle bots. Do we have any other thoughts on the field this year before, other than mine? You got a colorful, diverse, storied <laughs> field, for sure. Got a lot of hometown heroes, some startup teams looking to establish themselves, some last-minute entries, the most amount of art bots since, I think, 2016 or something like that. And we got a pretty decent amount of energy. But also, while there is an air of unpredictability as is the case for literally everything these days, there's also sort of a defense of the BattleBots ethos. BattleBots has that ethos, that energy, that laser focus. And there's both been a concerted assault on that compared to years past, ironically from different sources in Paul Ventimiglia not being there and got a bunch of new startup teams. And you sort of have the old guard there, Tombstone, Witch Doctor, even Sal and Hypershock is sort of showing the world that, hey, you still got to go through us to actually make a name out here. And despite the reduced field, we're, we're going to be big on energy, that's for sure. Without question, I'm having some people over, mostly neighbors, to watch the show because I have shown BattleBots to my parents' friends who are all much, much older than I am, and they get a kick out of BattleBots. I feel... BattleBots is a TV show that can appeal to anyone. You know, whether you're young or old, blue-collar or white-collar, I wouldn't even call it trash TV. Like, there's a lot of brains on this show. Like, it takes a lot to figure out just the meta and what weapon works best for non-roboteers. Although I will say this, it's always entertaining talking to people who know nothing about robot combat asking what weapons they'd put on their robot, only to have them put something illegal as their weapon. I love me some chainsaws and some 50 cows. <laughs> My neighbor, um, he said that he wants like a high-energy laser on his robot, but I told him, you have to limit it to 5 megawatts. 
Someone around me. I think it was one of the uh, <laughs> one of the shall we say, I mean it's the nicest way possible rednecks that I tend to hang out with. And that's where I got the um, fifty cal suggestion from. <laughs> Someone else said a cha- it said a legit mo like a chainsaw or something <sighs> like that. Well, chainsaws certainly were an effective weapon in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, they were cool 20 years ago. But my favorite suggestion for a bot came from one of my coworkers. He recognized my Monsoon t-shirt at work. And he said, hey, Nate, is that a shirt for BattleBots? And I told him, yeah, they have a new season on Discovery and it's great. And he said, you know, if I was to build a robot, I would just have like this big metal ball that had a single punching spike that would come out of it to help it move around and to punch its opponents. And you know, I give him credit for at least suggesting a design concept that is within the rules of BattleBots. But that thing's just gonna get wrecked in today's mecha. Meta, you mean, but mecha. Well, mecha is in Motorama, which is the holy mecha of robot combat. I don't know, that was completely random, I'm sorry. No, you're right. I'm saying BattleBots are like the, you can bleep this out, Super Bowl or the Daytona 500 of, of the sport, I'd say. Because it kind of feels that way whenever I bring it up to people who don't watch the show. It's the Masters, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Daytona 500, and the big game all rolled into one. That's about how I'd describe it. Well, I think that's going to do it. 2020 has been a chaotic year. And the 2020 season of BattleBots is looking to be no exception to that rule. Because by golly, this season is going to be crazy. I really hope that it's competitive. I really hope that there's tons of destruction. And I hope there's some really, really good fights. Fights that go the distance. Fights that come down to the wire. Fights that end up in really close judges' decision. And fights where we get to see all the robots do what they were designed to do. And with that, we will end this exhausting season preview. So until then, this is Otaku Nate. This is Justin Young. Keep on rocking in the free world, everybody. Uh, and I'm uh, Nate Franklin. And we're signing off and saying, the box is locked, the lights are on, it's robot fighting time!